1: to tip today 1800 007. that's our free phone number it won't uh, cost you anything to make a call and uh, Ali is looking after the programme today coming up on the show this morning Johnny Luby on the way in just a few moments time another young person loses their life in a road crash in Tipperary Is the Irish language under attack, we ask? The deposit return scheme, is it just teething problems or is the project doomed to failure? We'll hear about last night's TIPFM Sports Awards. Dangerous dogs back in the conversation again. A seed bank project in Clock Jordan. And of course, our Friday panel will unpack the big topics of the week. So all of that and much, much more on the way. You can text and WhatsApp three three double one You can email tip today at tipfm.com. Let's have a look at some of the front pages for you. The Irish Daily Mail, they're leading with the RTE story again and telling us that a business case for the four hundred and fifty thousand euro redundancy payout given to RTE executive Breed O'Keefe was presented orally and there's no written record of it according to the uh, daily mail and the rte director general kevin backhurst yesterday rejected calls from the highest levels of government for the golden handshake given to the former chief financial officer to be reviewed <coughs> excuse me to the irish times and again the rte story uh, front and centre there. RTE boss Kevin Buckhurst is uh, seeking new legal advice on whether the details of individual uh, exit packages can be disclosed uh, amid mounting political pressure to reveal any such payments made to the former executives at The Broadcaster. Also on the front of The Times today, air fryers and vegan substitutes uh, have joined the basket of common consumer goods and services used to measure Inflation while admission fees to nightclubs and the cost of a landline have officially been dropped from the list. The Irish Examiner and uh, their main story. Uh, University College Cork has dropped its plans for Cork University Dental School and Hospital to move to a bigger site, despite its dean warning that the current buildings is untenable without significant investment there. And also on the front of the uh, examiner today, Israel is engaging in a campaign of disinformation against UN agencies to scupper any possibility of a two-state solution. That's according to the tarnished Mihal Martin. The Independent Again, dominated by the RTE story, and their angle is that RTE has paid out 2.6 million in golden handshakes to executives during D Forbes' reign as Director-General. And the broadcaster's own accounts reveal the significant payments across six years to key management personnel receiving termination benefits. And RTE sources said there was a culture of termination payments during the past few years. So that's a look at what's making headlines in your newspapers today. If you want to make a comment on any of that, we'd love to hear from you. Again, 83 double one. Now Ivan Yates the broadcaster and podcaster and former Minister for Agriculture. He's come under fire for sharing his opinion on the level of resources given to the Irish language. Uh, this came about while he was a guest on the 6 o'clock show on Virgin Media Television and he's certainly come under fire for it. Here's a little of what he had to say.
2: <laughs> I couldn't be asked to learn Irish and I'm
3: sorry about it if you are offended and all this, money put, all this money we put into it and there's only 16,000 people in the country speak it naturally. So I'm not I, against
0: it. I know. Every I 40 seconds, a native language dies. Okay. So, what? I mean, isn't Rest that such a peace. sad thought? No, absolutely gonna, not. So, not so, so I don't throw. accept it.
2: Now, uh, when he
1: made those comments, the uh, presenter of the show burst out of his seat and went over and shook hands with him, which also added to, uh, to the controversy. But we're wondering. What do you think about that? He's concerned about the amount of resources given over to the Irish language. And I suppose the question is, don't shoot the messenger on this, I'm just posing the question, could those resources be better spent? I'm just wondering what you feel about that. Now, we will discuss it a little later on with our panel this morning, but we'd love your views on that. How do you feel about the resources uh, that's uh, dedicated to promotion? of the Irish language, 083-311-3311. It's time for Johnny Luby. Good
4: morning, Johnny. Uh, good morning, friend. and good morning to the listeners.
1: How are for... you on the Forpilly Road this morning, Johnny?
4: For a bit of Irish, is it?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'd say it was beaten into you by the Christian Brothers in Cashel,
2: was it?
4: I, uh, the best thing about it is I liked the Irish going to school, you know. yeah. Uh, I taught us. Fine, you know, but the only thing is, we don't use it much afterwards. You know, now and again, you'd meet Sean out here in Tashla, mm. Liam Bryan in, in uh, Anacartio. They still carried a uh, cupola, Fuckler, yeah. Bailga. I suppose it's grand, really, uh, to have uh, a bit of an ID. Like most countries have their own languages, and mm. you know, I know it's like everything else. Uh, Look, it is probably tough going for a lot of people. You know, a lot of people out there don't like the Irish language, but I don't. Look, it doesn't make any difference to me. If today or I will try and talk. Mm. And, some and,
1: people uh, had that. a poor experience of it in school, I suppose, Johnny. Uh, back in the day, you know, but uh, which yeah, is but, a pity.
4: A pity. Yeah. It yeah. is very handy when you're accepting a cup above an don O'Rean in Crow Park. <laughs> to, to say your cup is a And that, that's when it really comes in handy, you know. But yeah. I... Yeah. it's like everything else look life, is, life goes on and that's it that eight now it uh, Ivan Yates came out said it look fair play to him that's his opinion uh, I wouldn't myself well, uh, grow yeah, into
1: I, it I, I think he likes to be controversial and of course he is promoting a new podcast that he's involved in so there might be something in that too. Sure, you, <laughs> who, who knows indeed <laughs> uh, The Hurlers last weekend Johnny
4: that's right, Jeffrey looked at a a marvelous victory for them. I know it's going to the league and Galway were short and Tipperary were short, but nevertheless I like what I'm seeing. You know, the they seem to be uh Gelling together, they seem to be bonding together and uh, they seem to be singing out at one uh, uh, hymn book, mm. which is a uh, hymn sheet, which is uh, brilliant to see. You know, uh, that's the way Holding has gone uh, now. The uh, thing I like about him was after watching Cork on maybe Saturday night against Kilkenny, uh, whilst Cork maybe passed the ball six or seven times, hand passed it, and that uh, they didn't get beyond uh, the halfway line, whereas Tipperary has uh, certainly. Advancing up the field, uh, we say one or two passes and find somebody with a great pass, and maybe somebody running off the shoulder and all that thing. I like what Dean Kelly is doing uh, and that. And we're certainly, uh, we'll say, uh, no disrespect to Westmeat and Antrim. We would expect to beat them. Yeah. Uh, I thought Dublin, we were expecting to beat them, but in, in Parnell Park, which is a tidy pitch, uh, I thought that uh, it might be closer, but Tipperary were well on top, you know. And uh, look, we, mm. I think we have Limerick again in our league. Now it all depends what Liam does at that stage. You know, he'll probably... Uh, there's some of the players tied up then in the Fitzgibbon Holland, yeah. like so Garrod O'Connor. He's playing on a Wednesday night, playing again on Sundays. And if that was a soccer player on the maybe a couple of hundred thousand a week, the managers will be given out about it. But uh, Garrod O'Connor is playing some holding at the moment, as indeed all the lads out. You know, those Ryan stay and... Uh, many, many more. Johnny Ryan from Tiptown here mm-hmm. with the light. He's somebody on from West Tipper area, you know, and I'd say Dean Cahill up, and his uh, lads that are with him, they're giving it a best shot. That they'll have to trim the panel down to 26 six, seven 27 players. That's going to be hard for them, you know, because some lads have been in there two or three nights a week and mm-hmm. maybe at the, at the gym and all of that. And look, all he can do is that, but I'd safely say that whilst he drop whilst he might, he will drop a few players. Nevertheless, he'll keep an eye on them for future teams. We were, so we were talking
1: about that during the week, Johnny, you know, about players being dropped from panels after showing a huge amount of commitment over a long period of time. It's very difficult, isn't it?
4: Well, it is difficult for Lehman and the lads that are with him, you know, but all he can do is uh, look, be upfront with them mm. and they they will accept it and that's it. like uh, everybody wants to get on the the panel of 26 or thirty playoffs but what can he do only just he's only trying to no loyalty he's only trying to pick what he sees in Mm. training and what he sees in commitment and everything Mm. else and maybe uh, the the progression of playoffs but it would be interesting trying you know it is absolutely marvellous to see tip uh, Resurrecting themselves, you yeah. know, and mm. that's so fair play to them, you know. They look to be fairly fit as well. And, Good stuff. You know, and so
1: Nina, Nina CBS, Johnny.
4: That's right, John. Nina CBS running All Ireland semi final. It's fantastic for them, mm. you know. Uh, They're like, they could end up playing Arskell Reach, who had to play. Uh, St Cabins, I think, of Kilkenny that's in this the the half of the draw. Uh, St Cabins are supposed to be the film favourites this year. They beat Kilkenny CBS uh, by a cricket score in the Leinster final. You know, and uh, that's so... I think Nina won't be too far away and look the very best. I've looked at him just to encourage everybody let's go and see them because uh, look, it's fantastic to see uh, the schools holding and they are our representatives in the All-Ireland semi-final.
1: That's great. And uh, Drummond Inch then uh, winning the uh, Monster Junior oh, B as well. Yeah. yeah,
4: friend, That was absolutely fantastic. A couple of years ago, Clenolty uh, uh, Won the uh, All Ireland B, you know. I think they beat Blackwater of Wexford in uh, uh, an All Ireland final. And they had a small bit of luck on the way. And that I was up in Newport today that they won the county final. So, mother of God, above tonight, it took us nearly three days to get home after uh, 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 (laughs) celebrating all over the place. But I actually said to the girl that day again, the same as I said to a a different girl above in. in, uh, in Upper Church, the day of the Holy on the Hills, uh, when I'd up to Kerry in, in Newport, I just said to the girl, I said, uh, I was a small bit earlier, I said, where's the best place for a pint? He said, Johnny Lube, the bridge house in Golden.
2: He said, <laughs> <He'll> <laughs> <always> <laughs> go <laughs> home. <laughs>
4: yeah, that was always go home. But anyway, uh, look, uh, it's very best to book to it. It's fantastic part him, you know, and, yeah. uh, I think the Line Convent, as I mentioned last week, they're in an All-Ireland final, I think, and with Stakelund's names there and all of that, yeah. it's wonderful to see them youngsters coming through. It is brilliant for the uh, Ursuline as well as, indeed, all the schools that are in the various uh, uh, competitions. Great, but yeah. I suppose, friend, in the soccer, of course, our three teams advanced last weekend, which is huge. I mean, over 900 teams started out. We're down to the last eight, and then three teams from Tipperary. I don't think any other county has uh, anything like that. St. Michael's, uh, you have uh, Clan Mel Celtic and of mm. course you have uh, Peak Villa it is wonderful for them I think St. Michael's are away to some crowd again in Wexford I don't know who the other two lads are drawn against but the very best have looked at them all to be marvellous uh, to get uh, teams into a semi-final where two where then at that stage uh, two of the team teams would have to play each other so look to be up. and there is an outside chance that you could have an all FAI wow. uh, final like Tullis and Cashel uh, last year in the Hearthly Cup. Yeah. Them, uh, uh, wouldn't wouldn't Al- that play. be amazing? Wouldn't it be just That would to be me? absolutely wouldn't fantastic, right. you know. Yeah. I suppose, friend, on, the, on the rugby front, uh, yeah. a great win for Ireland last weekend. They looked good. Uh, they dismissed Italy rather easily, mm. considering Italy had put up a good show against uh, England uh, Ireland will have England uh, in Twickenham sometime in March and they'll have Scotland and uh, Wales at home so I've no doubt that Wales and Scotland will certainly uh, uh, look forward to taking on the so-called big boys that's Ireland so uh, it's all systems go you know I see a photo at uh, I think the Nationalist or the, one of the local papers there of uh, Andy Fogarty's uh, daughters and uh, that with young McCarthy, uh, the second row for Ireland. So it's wonderful to see and brought back many memories uh, of that wonderful uh, establishment in Cash years ago. On the local front in the rugby, uh, both all the teams were beaten in senior rugby uh, Casual were beaten by 8 points which meant that they got no point at all on the league table whereas Nino were beaten forty-two forty, 40 and Keeping it within seven pints, they get a pint for that. And also, they scored a bonus try, pints. So, Nina are now ten pints ahead. And reading the Casual rugby notes, they would say that the league appears to be over. I don't think it will, because one slip-up again from uh, Nina and Casual would be back in the hunt again. They'd, be, they'd have been disappointed, I would think, mm. with their overall performance last Sunday. But then again, when you're shot a couple of players uh, and that... Yeah. Uh, true injury you know and they wouldn't they had a fine panel but they wouldn't have a huge panel like the Owens or the Shannons or the Cork Cons or anything like that but nevertheless, nevertheless they're keeping the flag flying along with uh, Clan Mel Rugby Club they put up a good show last weekend again but unless uh, the victory didn't come to them and in the War of the Roses friend. Kilfeagle and Clan William <laughs> the war of the road inside in, in <laughs> Clam William you know Kilfeagle yeah. and Melch Victoria still on the day Kilfeagle were the better team not that they're an outstanding team but Clan William for one reason or another just haven't able to get direct right together at the moment and one would like to see them uh, uh, uh coming back to their former days of glory but it's going to be a challenge for them. Injuries again uh, cripple the likes of Cam William and Galbally and Pettit and all them clubs out there uh, Any couple of injuries and, and uh, our youngsters going away and that kind of a thing. And I suppose when talking about youngsters we would like to extend our sympathies to uh, the region of uh, Cross, hollyford up oh, there. With such that a tragedy, ice. Johnny, isn't I, it? It's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. Friend. I was just thinking, like they said is it 50 odd deaths on the road since the 1st of January, which is roughly one every two days. Oh, my God. You know, it's frightening when you're 31 days in January and we're only gone 14 or 15 days yet in February, and that, you know, and it is like everything else, look, all or, or, all we can say is, look, mind yourselves on the road, lads. That's all we can yeah, say. But it, but it is a dreadful tragedy that that I have great buddies up that side of the country, ah, sure and enough. look, I, yeah. I, I feel sorry for them all. Ter- uh, Together.
1: Are you heading towards Clanachenny, by the way? Well, what does right, I hear uh, about you and that preview for Cheltenham? That's,
4: that's right, Jeff. And there's a Cheltenham preview night in a place called the Norbrook Lounge. In oh,
1: Clannic. I know it well. I know it well.
4: I oh, just <laughs> You'll played in every, did, every hall and you can come. Yeah, but concert. would you believe
1: it was one of the first places? I mean, I started off out in uh, Ostie Crows playing music when I was about 14 or 15, and then uh, the Norbrook Lounge was one of the first gigs I played as well. Had a and great time. And, mm.
4: and I, I'm not being funny now, but... Mm-hmm. Could you go back there since? Did they, <laughs> <laughs> did they want
1: to? Funny play? enough, they didn't ask me back, all right. You're right there, Johnny. You're right there.
4: Yeah, the Norbrook Lounge kind of kiddie. the preview night is next Friday night, please God, at 7:13. The panel includes Dennis Hogan, a good horse trainer there in North Tipperary, Ken Whelan, of course, the former jockey, uh, young Harry Swan, a son of Charlie Swan, and of course, Tom Hogan has put many horses through his hands and then you have Conor McNamara right good young fellow from Limerick his dad is Eric McNamara uh, a top class trainer and young Conor is after riding a good few winners, along with young Swan and them and of course the MC is yours yours truly and uh, we have live music and refreshments afterwards Fran. and it's all you need of the Dylan Quirk Foundation which is fantastic mm-hmm. when they come up with something like this and uh, it's starting as I said uh, at 7.30 and you only 20 euros to get in and hopefully you might like as you're listening to the so called experts, not myself. I'm only the MC But uh, somebody along the way might maybe give you a winner a party to one and maybe have a euro or two on it. Uh, that's and great. That, so that that's, that's when when is that happening again, Johnny? That's, uh, that's next Friday night, please. Friday Friday okay. And Bridget uh, Bridget Martin is the the lady that's uh, running the show up there so the very best of luck to uh, Bridget on Friday
1: night next at 7.30. Very good. Uh, I, course, I was asked to, to get you to mention as well, Johnny, that in Ned's in Drumban, in the village there in gotcha. Drumban, a great great pub, but they have now it's a little late but it's going to be great, it's the St. Valentine's special tomorrow night and there's flowers and Prosecco for the ladies on arrival and music by Silver Dollar there. So they said make sure that Johnny Luby uh, mentions that. So Ned's in Drumban, you know you know Ned's very well,
4: Johnny. God, gotcha, I know what right well I'll so I'll have to go back to the grave again and, and take back the saddles <laughs> and bring them all, all That is true. Valentine's Night friend. I gave up the flowers out yeah. <laughs> of the boat of the I've been go, gone around for the, for the last two days Ye- yesterday
1: about. was a day late you know that but
4: anyway sure. I know yeah, but yeah. You see, when you go into the shop uh, the day after you get uh, the <laughs> flower uh, prize from Anthony Casey in gold <laughs> you're, such,
1: you're such a romantic listen are you going racing to Thorless next week are you
4: yes and uh, Thorless uh, is on next uh, Thursday again and hopefully they'll have a very good uh, crowd there again I a couple of lads coming from England and uh, they've never been to Tullus and uh, they're getting a chance so hopefully we'll make it over there on Tuesday the next. Mm. Uh of course with a check presentation tomorrow night again as I said there was for the last couple of weeks in the Hoffman Hound in Duela for the Dylan Quirk and Seesaw. Them young fellas, seventeen and eighteen that went into tractor run there supervised by the yeah. Derby from Borlehan across, but from Dweller to Borlehan and back. They raised ten and a half thousand roughly wow. and uh they're making their checks tomorrow night to the Dylan Kirk Foundation and the seesaw, and heartiest congratulations to them. That's in uh, that's in uh, the Hoth and Hound uh, tomorrow night around eight o'clock, and of course then next week with the Father Matches play of New Inn, a wonderful uh, play company there in New Inn. of Uh that's. Uh, they present the play-by of the Western world from the 24th to the 25th of February in the New England Community Centre, nightly at 8 o'clock. Tickets are only 15 euros. I was there a couple of times, finding it absolutely it's fantastic. Major. And uh, you can get tickets from the local shop, 12th of New Inn. Uh, the Priory Pharmacy in Cashly, Seamus is the man there, Eileen Halley, pre-booking is Essential, and all local actors, the likes of Seamus Kennedy, Silver Intendant, Derby, <laughs> and I'd better give
1: him his full yeah, You better. You better indeed, yeah. And are you playing the the lead part of the Playboy by any chance? <laughs> no, it's My said you
4: were the Playboy of the West. you don't seem to. Anyway, uh, apart from all that, friend. On Wednesday, last was Ash Wednesday. It was. And of course, we're supposed to. I never even thought about it. Did you not? You see, and Catherine didn't think of it either. So she put on two chops for me. And she went up the took then into one of the, the local eating halls in there. And here she had fish and chips. And on your one said, of course, to Ash Wednesday, what's oh, Jesus? She said, I better ring <laughs> so Funny, She rings back. And she said, don't touch them jobs. I said, I won one. I said, what did I do with the other one? Of oh, she said, you may at a lease but go to Father Joe Welsh or Father Pat in Golden and tell him in confession that you're genuinely percussed. She said, of the two of them, probably Father Joe Welsh would be uh, uh, an easier man, easier on the eye and easier on the ear. I mean, he wouldn't give you a, 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 a help sentence, you know. So anyway, I'll have to go to Joe and say, I mean, Well, I'll tell Frank, you, you, you if
1: you get absolution, I'll get absolution. <laughs> <because>. well, <laughs>
4: Frank, what can Father Joe do? I mean, at the choppies.
1: <laughs> well, so you what, have them eaten now, so I mean, what I can you yes. do?
4: What can I do? Not a bloody thing. Yes. But anyway, Frank, there was a big hidden then, uh, on last Sunday's meal. Yeah. The Sunday meal on Sunday. The big hidden was, why more sex keeps you young? <laughs> and, and I'm wondering why Tommy Cain, myself, Coney, Kevin, Mitchell, Trevor, Shawnee, we all appear to be getting out. <laughs> I, I wonder
1: what done. does that say now, uh, Johnny? What,
4: what? <laughs> I, I was watching Fools and Hostels. I'm a great fan of that. But yeah. anyway, Rodney wasn't in great form, and... Uh, Delby said, Come on, he said, Tell me the truth. What's really wrong with you? We've on about the climate change back in the seventies and the whole lot and the tides that rise and the waters come up and uh Delby said, up oh, not we to at a living up to fifteen story of uh, this of the uh, place wherever we're in. Yes. And uh, anyway he says, Rodney, what's really wrong with you? He says, I haven't I haven't I haven't had a basis for three months. <laughs> <laughs> I had to think of Rodney in pools and Hospital. But anyway, friend. Uh, yesterday yes. Yeah, Tuesday, I wasn't.
1: My eye. My, my, Hang on, we're losing you, Johnny. The reception what? on the Fort Perny Road is dropping out there. Come back to yeah, me. My, yes. Yeah, yeah my, you're my,
4: back. My, to eyesight, my eyesight wasn't hectic, so I went into that wonderful crowd there, Fitzgerald's Optician in, Tash, in Tiptown. Yes. And they're on uh, 4th Roth Street, the Bray Town. They're big listeners to you, and you have to give a shout out to Kerry. It's K E R R I. Hello, Mary. Kerry. Mary.
1: Yes, hello, Mary.
4: And Grace Dorcan, she's an FAOI.
1: An FAOI. Oh, that's her qualification as a...
4: Yeah. Oh, right. Very hey, good. A, a top-class girl. And I'll tell you this, friends. <laughs> i love the words of the song coming out the door. I can see clearly now. There's a new pair of glasses and the whole lot, friend. And <laughs> they're, they're doing me an old favour for my with this rely on doing something whether small or whatever it is for the uh, uh, skull Cormac in cash. So I have to I, have, I I have to decide yes what am I going to do. Yes. But on uh, Friday night last after we uh, went to Philip Hessman's funeral of Lord Murphy on Philippine uh Clenolty mm. in the church there and then we set sail for uh through Bally-K- it's the big county Frank through yeah. and straight through Borough and then we called into uh, an establishment in Tumi and on to uh, Moneygall and on then to the Clock Inn in Clock Jordan. Ah, I'll tell you now. For Great the, spot. For the county board row. Yeah, yeah. I didn't and win, I noticed. Not that oh, Paul, like myself, but friend, we had a wonderful night up there. I told him a few genuine true stories. You know me and true stories? Oh, absolutely. I, I told him genuine true stories uh, and that was 11 o'clock, we were leaving time, but we had a wonderful night there and it is uh, there's no question about it. It is a, a, a marvellous place. I met that girl from Tapa White. She tends all the uh, county board draws, Celia.
1: Oh, sure, and, I know her well. Lovely lady,
4: yeah. yeah. She said, social dancing in Tapa White Community Centre tomorrow night the seventeenth, from 9 to 11.30. Music is by a guy called Peter Burke.
1: Peter Burke, the great box player and singer, Peter, yeah. The great old friend uh, of mine. Yeah. yeah. So, uh,
4: yes, friend um, uh, Look, just like everything else, I look forward to the new inting next week, please, God, and uh, uh, everything That should else.
1: Be, be great, yeah. I was in Moat last night, and there was a fella asking for you, a guy called Charlie Martin, and he's a big fan of yours, and you have to give him a shout-out this morning, because he was out all hours last night, like myself, and making his way. There. He digs graves for a living, can you believe <sighs> Jesus,
4: frankly, trying to abide him, I am. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> and he's run off his feet he's telling <laughs> yeah,
4: to stop me so yeah. yeah it's like I put like I put on the headstone uh, that I had above and killed like I got it there a couple of years ago Johnny Luby, 1954 I can't say when I'm the path of the life because the man above says I'm playing well at the moment he <laughs> says I must leave him there. I can't touch him but below at the bottom of the headstone kneel and praise if your man to me Do uh, you want to bring that no I said just put down this man look forward to going everywhere except here. That's Uh, pretty good. What do uh,
1: do you uh, think, before I let you go, what about the RTE thing? What do you think about all that money and uh, the golden handshakes and all of that? And there's
4: nothing in writing. No, Uh, no. If I was done verbally. Imagine me walking into KPFM and saying, lads, would you throw me out to four hundred and fifty thousand? I mean what what other way could, could they be? Well, good good
1: luck with that, Johnny.
4: I mean <laughs> Mr. Mr Corbyn, and then the all got a few quid. Yeah. None of
1: them
4: none of them can come in front of the government and still they want the government to bail them out. Yeah. It's like that crowd uh, Queen Direct, they Quinn Direct that we're all paying as five percent of our insurance. That's
1: that's, that's right to bail the yeah. Uh, yeah.
4: To yeah, bill. well, we're doing is bailing them all out. And then, uh, Mihal Martin and Faradkar, who, my life, actually, mm. they come on then in the middle of all of this and says, pay your life. Yeah. And they twist it around then, you see. Oh, uh, what about the lads ha- that have paid it? They're mm. talking about giving the other girls a bit of amnesty. Give them back a the few quid. Do you and think? This is, yeah. This, 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 uh, everything seems to be coming from a, a, a thing called Central Bloody Fund. Mm. Mm. Well, oh, th- that's that's there what we're that.
1: paying into, Johnny. That's what, what we're Jimmy? paying into. Mm. What, Johnny? There's,
4: uh, there's a crowd. I'm just getting a text on the other phone. <laughs> I not pronounce this right. The peasant p- uh, pluckers. <laughs> 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 the pheasant pluckers. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you'd want it to be the kind of a tangled <laughs> tongue twilter. They're in London there instead of Featherton Island. Brand, where are you over the weekend?
1: Where am I over the weekend? That's a very good question. Tom- oh, tomorrow night I'm in Middleton, I think, and I'm in Wexford then on Sunday night. I'm all over the place.
4: I've got friends. I could be in Wexford myself. Where about Don't you? Being in I'm
1: in the Talbot Hotel there in Wexford Town.
4: Oh, if I know it well. Will you drop in? I Christ them both. I'm by my queen and my. That's I a nice way now of saying,
1: no, you won't, because you have other yeah. plans, haven't you?
4: Yeah, I might call him and tell him a few home truths about you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Corrie Hanson said to say hello to
1: you. Uh, how is he? How is he coming along? Is he all right? Uh,
4: he's, he not too bad at all. He's a good old long road ahead of him. But listen, he's in great form and all of that. So, himself and Tom Devane, i would met him in there and many, many more friends. I just call and say... Look, I would hate to see Colin for a quarter an hour, but
1: I visited a of five days and I said, "Good luck, Colin." <laughs> <laughs> Typical. Look after yourself, Johnny. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Johnny. Friend, Thank thanks you. very much, bye. Thanks, Mahagut, and uh, that's the great Johnny Luby there, live from the Fourpenny Road today. And just to remind you again, because Nicola will kill me if I don't remind you that Ned's of Drumvan Village tomorrow night. Music there by Silver Dollar, great band. I played with them a few times, and. Um, Uh, kind of a Valentine's special and uh, flowers and Prosecco for the ladies on arrival there and a mad bit of crack altogether. All right, need to take a break. Back in a moment.
5: Tip today
6: with Fran Curry With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie. Tip
5: FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry
0: In association with Slattery's of Pecan, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecan, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the premier county. Slattery'sGarage.ie well,
1: A teenage girl is dead and another teen and three adults in hospital this morning following a road crash in Tipperary. Road closure still in place near the village of Rear Cross following the two-car Collision yesterday evening. Uh, Councilor Rocky McGraw uh, joins us now. Rocky, good morning to you. Uh, good morning, friend. And a tragic night for the people of uh, oh, the, the area, very, indeed, of very, the county very, as well. Very Rocky. tragic.
7: Yeah. yeah. Sorry,
1: friend. A tragic, uh, a great tragedy course, indeed for for course, the county. What, what what can you tell us, uh, Rocky?
7: Um. Well, uh, obviously the guy, they are are, are uh, have the road closed off there. and the uh, the girl sadly the. Young lady, she's only 15, the crater, and she'd be from the tourist area, and and obviously we have no names, and the Gardaí are dealing with it, so we we'll, we we'll leave them, we we'll, we we'll give them time to handle all that, like
1: yes, but and the f- uh, the family is very much in our thoughts, Rocky, obviously. Oh
7: my God, and and really on uh, on my own behalf, and on behalf of the the people in the in that part of the of the world, like I mean, it's you know it's. Our sympathies go grow um, to the people, yeah. to her people, and the, the people who are, who are injured, who, who are, I'm told, are, are fined, and that, there's, no, there's no life-threatening situation in that type. So,
1: yeah, the, the, uh, it is the latest young life, uh, Rocky, taken on Tipperary tipper yeah. roads, you know? I mean, yeah, the and
7: tragedies of it's, Tom it's, and it's,
1: Cash it's, are still fresh in our minds.
7: Of course. Yeah. I mean, I think... Are we talking uh, up against fifty i think Yes. 50 people killed in on, on, on roads in the in the, in the country and it's only february it's like you know
1: yeah it's a it's, a, it's a, that particular stretch of road you would know it well rocky i mean is ah, it, is, so it, would, of course, is yeah. it
7: prone to accidents there in that um, area look, look it's not it's it's, it's, it's it's it hasn't been over the last number of years now but it's road is you know it's, it's pretty good but uh, I mean, you, and you would have heard it from the council there. And we 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 we're really pushing that at the moment, mm. and I would like to, to to take this opportunity to to plead with people to, for, for, to just to, I'm not saying that to speed last yeah. night, but in in general, like we have to slow down. Yeah. I mean, those. I mean, any any road. I mean, you you can't pick out any particular road because. I mean, it's speed, whatever hope we have, if we're going at a, at, a, at a nice, normal speed, like you could, we can cope with mm. things. And I mean,
1: yeah, but of, co- like of course, ha- course, in this case, we, we, we don't know what exactly happened on the why I, say yeah.
7: I wouldn't like to be commenting on until of the Gardaí come up with it. Of course. The, There's a, a bit of
1: confusion, actually, as to where the collision happened in relation to the village, Rocky.
7: Yeah, well, it would be at the Newport side of the village. There, it's just up there from uh, Jody, Jody Ryan, uh, Jody Ryan's quarries. There, yeah, just that that wide entrance. They're just up from that there,
1: right. Uh, and uh, and, that, and I, that. I think it's still cordoned off, as far as I know, isn't it? Oh
7: yes, yes, yes. They're all they're still closed off. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I mean, that's the bottom line to for everybody and young and old. Um, whatever hope. I mean, this is uh, like I said. Uh, there's no doubt we we'll plunge into it. This, this, and, and it is a tragedy, obviously. Like, yes. I mean, I mean, there's, that's, as, 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 the, as we all say, like, I mean, that's trouble. I mean, you think you have problems. Wow, for sure. When those things, when these things happen, like, I mean, it's so, it's so sad and, it's so sad and, the, and the heartbreaking for the family.
1: It is uh, indeed, we, we and of course, really, for, really. for the friends of of the young girl as well. I mean, great, great blow to them, a great trauma to them as well to to have lost of their it is. their friends, course
7: yes indeed, yes. And nowadays, with all this, with well, with all this stream, streamline and everything, and that, and, uh, um, it would appeal to the people like not to be putting up uh, too, too much of that stuff. Like, yeah. you know, it is just. just, just too serious and just, just such a tragedy for the family like I mean if they, if they give the family uh, 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 some space now and yeah, let them yeah. Let, uh, we'll, and, and we'll see what will happen yeah. well, over the rest of the day what the Gardaí will actually say to us but that's um, yes, and
1: as you say the young girl hasn't officially been named yet but you understand she's from Thurlis
7: uh, is, is yes, that right yes, yes. Okay. But that's, what was, that's what I was told oh, last, last night now. um Look at his. Um, but yeah, just to uh, keep that in mind, right. whatever we do, and, and all, the, all the radio stations, we should be all working towards that. Like I mean, slow down is 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 the is the thing. I mean, yeah. whatever hope we have, like I know what mean mean.
1: All right, Rocky. Well, look, we appreciate you coming on with us this morning, Rocky, and thank you very much indeed for that. Thank you, and good, friend, good
7: morning. You're very to welcome. You. Thank you. Uh, yeah, we'll talk on, on, on other occasions. Yeah. All right, uh, All
1: right. On, on a happier occasion. Thank you indeed, and bye bye to you know. That's uh, Councillor John Rocky McGrath speaking to us this morning about that uh, tragic event there yesterday uh, near Rear Cross on the Newport side of Rear Cross. There, road uh, closures, we understand, still in place there, and for the next uh, few hours as well. And indeed, from everybody here at uh, Tip FM, condolences to the family of that. Uh, a young girl. I can't imagine. I can't imagine what they're going through uh, right now, and we wish a speedy recovery to the other teen and the three adults involved in that accident as well. Eighteen hundred nine three eight double o seven. Back in just a moment.
5: If it matters to you, it matters to us. Call TIP today on 1-800-938-007.
1: Now, we started out this morning by speaking about Ivan Yates, the uh, former agri-minister, wasn't wasn't that what he was with uh, Finna all those years ago? But uh, more recently, broadcaster and podcaster and all of that. Now, he was a guest on the 6 o'clock show on Virgin Media. Uh, during the week and he's been under fire since really for his opinion on the level of resources given to the Irish language um, and we played a little piece from that uh, interview one of our listeners says why would anybody take uh, what Ivan Yates says seriously it's beyond me. a man that ran and lived in the UK to avoid paying his debts in Ireland has no credibility and that's making reference to I think it's about 10 or 11 years ago. Um, he went to Wales, I think it was, uh, where his bankruptcy was uh, concerned and uh, he was discharged from bankruptcy indeed in in Wales. I presume that's what you're referring to. Um, Anyway, he certainly has caused a bit of a storm where the Irish language is concerned. Mary is in Thirlis and says, I always enjoyed Irish when I was younger until fifth year in secondary school where the teacher was a brute and made us learn pages every night and picked a person to uh, say it back without the book the next day. If you didn't get it right, you were roared at. And uh, this wasn't too many years ago, says Mary. I dropped back to Pass Irish and lost interest um, as what was being taught wasn't challenging enough for me. Uh, such a pity teachers are there to influence, not scare people. I've uh, gotten back to learning a bit every day on dual uh, lingo as it's something I would love to teach my kids, says Mary. Isn't that very interesting? Uh, indeed, a lot of people had it. Bad experience, I suppose, if you're of a certain age, with how Irish was taught in the past. But anyway, what do you think about that? O oh, eight three three double one double three double one. Now, after listening to Maraid from Aravets this week, and indeed Patricia speaking about dog attacks, uh, many people got in touch to share their own rather terrifying experiences in some cases. Now, Barbara was on to his enjoys. But Now, good morning to you, Barbara.
8: Good morning, Fran. How are you?
1: I'm very well indeed, Barbara. Lovely to talk to you. You were left rather traumatized too. after an encounter with a dog. Will, will you tell me about that, Barbara?
8: Oh, Bear the Rothwild. Mm. Oh, sorry. That's just my alarm going off. I apologize on my phone. Yeah, um, I noticed a change in him, um, say, three months before he attacked me. Um, like sorry, sorry, Barbara. I missed
1: the. I missed the top of the. Was this your own dog, Barbara?
8: Yeah. yeah. Remember, I told you before I was on about rockweiler Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. So he was my sec He was my first male Rockweiler, and then I had a female Coco. She had died of bone cancer. Now she never once growled at me, even when she was in severe pain. I used to carry her up, you know, and move mm. her, and. I noticed a change in him three months before he attacked me, which was in April when he attacked me. Like, when I went into the kitchen after getting up, he'd growl at me. Right.
1: So his, his personality um, was changing.
8: Yeah, but I didn't take any notice. I just thought he was being a typical male. No offence, but... <laughs> no
2: offence, taken. But, um,
8: yeah. So, uh... Then I noticed him um, when I was walking him, he'd sit down and he'd sort of growl at me a bit. Yeah. He didn't want to go, you know, his way or my way. He wanted to go his way. Yes. Now, when a Rockweiler tightens up, they're stubborn out and I could not move him.
2: Mm.
1: And what happened, so, Barbara? What, what, he, what, tell me about the attack.
8: Oh yeah, um, I was out in the back and I was putting stuff in the bin and little uh, Luna that she's on um, was running around and he was sitting in the corner and he kept watching me and um, I didn't take any notice. I was mm. just saying, good boy, good boy. Then I dropped something from the recycling bin, you know, a little tea light that had been used. Yes. And um, Luna had picked it up So all I was worried about was her cutting her mouth, because they're metal. And she dropped it down beside him. So I picked it up, and before I knew anything, I just felt this pressure, my whole body being shook, you know, because he holded my wrist. And, um... It happened so fast. Mm. But there's one thing that was thick in my head. The colour of his eyes were pure black. And, um the pressure of those jaws. So um, I pulled my arm, you know, out of his mouth. And um, sorry, I'll have to go into the the two of them are playing. Sorry, I had to um, go in and I couldn't really talk. I was in so much shock. So I did a video and, uh, you know, and sent it on to my family because I couldn't talk.
1: God you, you 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 had such a shock obviously Barbara yeah
8: yeah but I went down to my doctor and he couldn't stitch it because he said it was it was too jagged yeah. so then I went up to the hospital and they glued it now I got an x-ray first and uh, they just said it was a very bad um wound that I was lucky he didn't, you know, do any more damage.
1: And this, this was but a bite know, on on your wrist now, is that? Is that yeah, happening?
8: I still yeah. have it. Yeah, I still have the mark. Oh, wow. So it's at the, the front of my wrist and all at the back of my wrist.
1: Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And wh- what did you do with the dog then?
8: Oh, Fran, I did something stupid, didn't I? Give him a second chance. And then he went... Uh, for my partner he went for his elbow oh, but the fact that he's a big man you know he's strong Yeah, he got hold of his elbow but he was in at the wall and he was able to pull through but he said my god the pressure but he said he didn't puncture me because I you know pulled yeah. out so quick mm. so then on the Friday this was the third time actually it's actually a third time Um. I was out doing something out the back. I don't actually what I was doing because I think that was the worst, even though he bit me. He went full on charge at me and only for the back door was open. I don't think I'd have been here today because he was sitting outside the back um, looking in at the patio doors, which is jaws, you know, the gums up.
2: Yeah, yeah.
8: And his eyes black again. And I was shaking. So I rang the fest. And she said, um, he's changed. And, you know, there's and, something happens in their brain that yeah, makes Yeah, them that, older. that has a
1: personality change or something. So tell me what what yeah. did you do then, Barbara?
8: Oh, I rang David and he brought him down to the fest.
1: Right. And and what? Was he put down?
8: Yeah. And I feel from even today I feel really bad because when he was good he was so loving mm. and he did look like a bear.
1: yeah but he I mean you know I mean if, if that if that was a young child that he attacked and so that's yeah. what I
8: thought about yeah I have you know neighbors that have young children and mm. I actually got a muzzle for him
1: yeah and ju- just remind me again he was a loving dog for a long period of time, was he Barbara and yeah. he just changed.
8: Yeah, and he was well trained because if he'd seen anyone coming with a child or an elderly person, yeah. I had him trained to turn into a hedge or a wall, and he'd sit down. Mm. My God! Well, I'm, I'm, but it didn't stop me getting another female. Right. I have a little female now, and her name is Mila. Uh, Mila.
1: Right, and what what breed is she?
8: A German Black Forest Rothweiler, the same as Bear, but sure. I was warned not to get a male. But I'm see, I didn't want to get another female because right. there'll never be another co- uh, Coco. That's oh. what was going round in my head. But would you, would you not and have I, gotten
1: a more docile dog or something like that?
8: Fran, I am terrified on my own. Okay. Something I'm not going to go into. I just have a fear.
1: Right. So you're looking for a guard, you know, like I have dog, Bells.
8: Yeah security bells and cameras and stuff.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. So you're concerned about your security, and and of course the dog is is dog. is great for that. Um, but you still feel guilty about the dog being put down, Barbara.
8: Yeah, because he was only young. Yeah. But the fed said it doesn't matter. You know, I asked, could he go to a specialized trainer, and they said no. Right. He was gone.
1: I thought it was too.
8: Nothing would have.
1: You know? All right, Barbara. Well, thank you for sharing the story with us, uh, Barbara. And we, we wish you well with your, your new dog. And thank you indeed for coming on with us uh, today. That's a Barbara's story there about being attacked by a dog. And we've had lots of people on to us to share rather... Terrifying experiences um, about being attacked by dogs. 83 311 Geraldine is in Templemore. Geraldine says, I just heard yesterday that Limerick Hospital announced people with uh, a wheelchair badge were no longer covered to park in disabled spaces. And that's effective from Monday. They'll have to pay the same as other uh, car park users. And uh, the disabled badge, um, it costs about €35. Euro Uh, Every two years, says Geraldine. And I'd like to know if other listeners know about this. I heard something about it uh, yesterday. All right, Geraldine, but I didn't look into it uh, too much. We must uh, uh, look it up. And uh, Ali is telling me that Geraldine is going to talk to us about that a little later on. Um, My old friend uh, Owen Ryan, who is the executive producer of Nationwide, was on to tell us that there's a very special Uh, temporary-based Nationwide this evening at 7 o'clock. The Dylan Quirk Foundation, uh, the great work that it's done to help uh, uh, GAA and sports clubs to conduct cardiac screening for young people will feature on Nationwide this evening from 7 o'clock and uh, will also feature interviews with uh, Dylan's family and those involved in the foundation. So that's well worth uh, looking out for uh, this evening on RTE. One of the best things that... RTE does, as far as I'm concerned, nationwide. Great show indeed. Um, Patrick was on to say, I was annoyed with Marade from Aravets. I have a Cocker spaniel, Spaniel and you don't leave any dog around children. Dogs are made cross by the owners, says Patrick. Um, okay, some other bits and pieces coming into us uh, there. Fran, talking of drama and plays, and this is making reference to Johnny speaking about uh, the new wind players and playboy of the Western world. Um, it says, on behalf of Kilquan, a drama in Coon in County Kilkenny, Fran, would you say a big thank you to the three ladies from Thurless who came to Coon for separate beds? Um, the six nights packed audience uh, extra night on the 23rd of February due to popular demand and that's in from Liam today okay lots more coming into us as well um, Dr. Connor Reedy on us to say Fran after being outed by Jamie Morris and the Midwest Hospital campaign UHL instantly reversed their plan to start charging for disabled parking at UHL so that's a pretty good news there yet imagine that they would have been able to figure that that would have caused a huge uh, backlash. But anyway, uh, another listener on Helen, in fact. uh, I go out, um, I got out of the practice of speaking Irish, Fran, and then we got a black cat called Julius Caesar, and I started to speak to him in Irish. He (laughs) He didn't become critical of my grammar or inclusion of an English word when necessary, but my Irish has improved hugely. So there you go. If you want to improve your Irish, talk to your cat. Why not? News and information's on the way.
6: Tip today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, Puck On. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or slattery'sgarage.ie.
5: D- Tip today
1: Thanks, nice, Pat, and uh, welcome back to the second hour of Tip Today. Keep those calls coming into alley on 1800 007, And, of course, the text and WhatsApp is zero eight three three double one double three double one. Now, the 2023 Tip FM Sports Awards were held at the Talbot Hotel in Clan Mill last night, and all of last year's monthly winners were presented with their awards uh, crafted by John Quirk, jewellers in a care. Now, following the monthly uh, ceremonies. The overall winner of 2023 was announced last night as well and I'm delighted to be joined uh, by Tip FM's Ronan Quirk who was at the Helm uh, for last night's awards. Good morning to you Ronan Morning Fran, how are you? And thanks very much indeed for for coming on with us today. Will you tell us about the overall winner?
9: Well Daryl Lynch is, uh, started rowing with Clonmel Rowing Club when he was just 15 years of age. He'd be very evident that he was a very talented rower and shortly after he finished his leaving cert, he got a scholarship to Yale, which is an Ivy League college, uh-huh. to go row in Yale. And um, he was a very promising junior. I mean, and a really, really promising junior. And just to put it into perspective of how good he was, when Paul O'Donovan came back from the Olympic Games with a gold medal, um, Paul entered the national championships in the single skulls category. And Paul won it. He's an Olympic gold medalist. Mm. Um, Daryl Lynch was second and Daryl Lynch was still in the high school at the time wow. and the gap back to third was huge so that told you the level he was able to compete at when he was still as
1: secondary school student in high school it's a exa- but Yale. but his initial training was here in Clonmel then Robert. absolutely yeah.
9: and he'd only two or three years under his belt training mm. in Clonmel. and he um, he then fell out of love with the sport it's quite a, quite a great story really because yeah. he was rowing in an 8 in, in Yale. Now, when you're rowing in, in, in an eight, you only have one oar, but he's a sculler, so he normally has two yes. oars. So, mm. just assuming that because somebody's a good sculler that they will fit into an eight is a bit like saying somebody who's good at handball, you'd be good at squash because they're both played on the same court. That's, they're, not, they're quite different skill sets and they're quite different skills. So, he was only rowing eights and that's not his, what he excelled at. Mm. So, he very quickly really got disillusioned with the sport and stopped it altogether. COVID came along, he got bored, and he got back out rowing again Mm. just by taking the ski erg, the kind of indoor ski machine that you see in gyms, out from under the stairs, and going hard at it. He got into a boat, went to the European Championships, finished fourth. Same boat, went to the World Championships and got a bronze. Qualified the boat for the Olympic Games. Is currently in Italy on a training camp. And he will probably go to the World Cup in Italy in April as part of the Irish heavyweight double skulls. and then all going well, go to the Olympic Games.
1: It's a, it's absolutely incredible, and and the kind of commitment for sports, for rowing at that level, Rona, it's a lot. Yeah.
9: you and I couldn't comprehend. Yeah. Possibly comprehend that the, the dedication, the commitment, um, and and what the sacrifices have to be made. Uh, even when he was in high school, he would row thirty kilometres before breakfast oh, and then yes. row thirty kilometres after school. Like even the calories you'd have to consume, yes, Fran, yeah, to course. to do that is is something quite
1: extraordinary. And, and I presume this training outside of the boat as well. Then is there gym training for Fran? Oh, huge yeah, weight, yeah.
9: huge amount of weight training. Huge, like the, you you're doing an awful lot of. Work indoors on a ski erg, or and then, or not a ski erg, on a rowing machine, a rowing erg, and then you're going onto the water. So you're not spending a huge—I don't know how much time he spends on the water, but I'd say a phenomenal amount of time in the gym.
1: What What about uh, the chances where the Olympics are concerned? Uh, well, he's,
9: in the, he's third in the world. So oh. in, in he was beaten by the Croat and the Dutch, I think. Uh, he, he rose with uh, Philip Brady, uh, who's his partner in the skull, yeah. in the double skulls, and he was beaten by the Croat and the Dutch. In both the Europeans and the world, but the gap is is narrowing every time and what I think is interesting if you look even look back at his interview after he got out of the boat, finished with a bronze medal at the world championships he didn't look that tired, and so I often get the impression from Dara that there's plenty more in the tank now his partner Philip did look a bit banjaxed, all right with from the tiredness, but uh he really he really is uh, just he is single-minded i think is the way i describe him if you tell him he can't do something he's gonna prove you
1: wrong which is great but i was reading some stuff he, he seemed to he's a lovely fellow as well he's a decent he's guy he's the most
9: self-deprecating yeah. like, you wouldn't know that he's an elite athlete from chatting to him because he doesn't really make a lot of it um, but i'd say when he gets into the boat and he puts on the game face he's a very serious man when he when he's in competition and he really has like he was explaining to me um uh, about how he prepares for a regatta by doing a technique called super compensation, and just to put, just give your listeners some ex, some some uh, some insight into mm. what is required. Super compensation requires you about seven weeks outside of your main goal, your main regatta, to train to a level of absolute exhaustion, to, or total and utter exhaustion until you have nothing left, and then over the course of the next seven weeks, you start to rise again and you start to. Do it in such a point that you will peak again seven weeks later for the final of your event. It's a high-risk strategy because you're still in recovery mode when you're in your heat. So even your first round, semi-final, you're still in recovery mode. So it's all designed so that when you do get onto the water in the final of, say, the World Championships, that you're at your
1: absolute peak around about seven weeks after this phenomenal level of compensation. And, And the psychological aspect of that must be huge as well.
9: Yeah, because of the fear of not getting it right.
1: Yeah, my God, isn't it incredible? Will you tell me about some of the other um winners last night as well. The the monthly winners, uh, Ronan.
9: Uh well we start with Sean O'Keefe, who was the who is the boxer from Camel who mm. won the National League Championships. First time Camel boxing Club has ever produced a national female league championship champion. Uh she has been in the ring with the likes of Kelly Harrington and um uh, and of course, um Taylor, Katie mm-hmm. Taylor. Uh, she turned pro recently and is now fighting professionally uh, in London and is actually going to be fighting professionally in in Galway in March. Uh, extraordinary uh, careers she's had. And again, somebody who left boxing for a number of years, decided to go back and prove her worth. And mm. by God, has she done that? Um, in February, uh, the winner, you have to remind me, I think it was... Um, uh, Brian Gleason, I think, who's the uh, rugby player from mm-hmm. Lockmore, Castellini. He won his uh, Grand Slam with the Ireland Under-20s, broke into the Munster team. He's just got a tremendous career trajectory ahead of him. He's still playing under-20s. He's only just under 20, which is quite extraordinary when you think about what he's achieved so far in the sport. And he is um, he, he's just a phenomenal talent and has a huge career ahead of him. Going for back-to-back Grand Slams with the Ireland Under-20s, wow. absolutely extraordinary.
1: Fantastic! And is it great to see that uh, Tipperary is throwing up such great sports people in diverse sports? Uh, well, I
9: have talking to Orla Dwyer afterwards. Now, Orla, who people know yeah. is, is a very accomplished ladies' footballer, camogie player, who's now over with the uh, AFL in Australia. She plays with the Brisbane Lions, mm. and uh, and she is um, she, she's doing really well. She mm. won she won a grand final with the Brisbane Lions this year. Now she is. Uh, she said to me afterwards, this, you know, the range and diversity mm. of what we do in Tipperary. She says, you think of Tipperary and you think of G A, But then she was looking at soccer players, mm. a- athletes, Charlene Mosley, the sprinter, Katie Bergen, the sprinter, uh, rowers, boxers, um, it's uh, kickboxers. Yeah. It is the, the level, the range the diversity of sport in the county you, you, I tell you one thing Fran, when you were there last night you'd be very, very proud to be a superior person looking at the range of sports that we excel in
1: I can well imagine indeed I think you have a, a full interview going out on across the line this evening with Dara as well have you?
9: It, it would actually be our colleague Paul has that Paul uh,
1: it. yeah. yeah, it's brilliant it's and uh, forgive my ignorance again about rowing but can you be a professional rower if you if,
9: no, you can't, you can't, it is something that you can do at a very high level, but I don't think there's a professional route for you.
1: All right, okay, incredible. All right, well, congratulations on a great show uh, last night, and there's all sorts of people getting on to us this morning to say how wonderful it was. Thanks for that, Ronan. Thank you. Not at all, thank you. Thank ben. you. Good morning to okay, you. Sorry. That's our own Ronan Quirk there of uh, Extra Time, of course, on Monday nights, but this evening on our other sports uh, programme across the line from 6pm this evening. You can hear that full interview with Dara and my colleague Paul Carroll there. 1800 938 007. Listen around to say, I was mauled by a Labrador, uh, age nine, and nearly lost my eye. Uh, Ended up getting plastic surgery, uh, down to the owners, I think. Have dogs now as an adult. I don't think people are aware of certain things dogs do that mean you should back away? Uh, I didn't know as a child. Well, I suppose, how could you know as a nine-year-old? But God knows what what a trauma that must have been for you. Um, Kay was on to say that woman didn't deserve your time on the radio, Fran. Somebody could have died. Okay, you know, I mean, Barbara was telling us her story and look, you can get extremely attached to a dog, as I know myself, because we had a dog um, after Jumper, we got a dog and sure we were mad about him but he kept biting people and he was biting, Now, it wasn't serious biting but it was annoying and it went on and on and we gave him every possible chance that we could could give him as well so to some degree I can understand it but it was rather extreme in, in Barbara's case but uh, thank you for that uh, Kay um, alright, other bits and pieces into to us I'll read through it and I'll bring it to you in just a moment The Clock Jordan annual seed chair will take place in the Poly Tunnel in Kuan uh, within the Eco Village uh, this coming weekend, or this Sunday, in fact. And Kevin Dudley will facilitate the informative session. And Kevin joins me now. Good morning, Kevin. Good morning,
10: Frank. Thanks for having us on. You're very
1: welcome indeed, Kevin. Will you, to somebody who is a non gardener and who certainly would not have green fingers, will you explain the seed bank to me, Kevin? Yeah, well, it's
10: kind of an extension of our um community supported agriculture farm that we have um you know we're we're mad about soil and food and seeds and and when we start to look at seeds um we realize that most of our seeds are imported um from outside of the country and uh, when you grow seeds in a local area you actually are adapting them to that local area so they become easier to grow and um what we actually do, we actually do now in our, our seed saving is we're we um, crossing different um, varieties and, and looking for genetic uh, characteristics that will help us with adoption of local varieties. So that's basically what we do.
1: And uh, what exactly and it, would you be growing,
10: Kevin? We grow everything. Mm. We grow everything we try. I mean, um, it's a safe space to make mistakes as well. You know, yes. growing has always been like that because we. Last year was a very wet year, but we, we had some good seed, and that, that's what part of our seed share is, us sharing our seeds back to our community because they become more adapted to where we're growing. So we'll have tomatoes and peppers and squashes and um, carrots, beets, um, the famous clock onion, which we've been growing for over 10 years now and saving the seed of, uh, shallots, potato, onions, um, you name it. We try and grow it it's it's
1: it's fantastic and people do they come from from just the locality or do they come from far and near to share
10: yeah well it's getting bigger and bigger and it's actually taking off around the planet as well like um um you know institutions um it's it's it costs too much money for them to run these kind of things so it's communities and uh seed libraries and things opening up around the planet because it gives people access to food that they can't grow or buy themselves. You know what I mean? So we share our seeds. We, it's, there's so much abundance when you grow seeds that um, every year we share out our seeds. Because if we just kept them, they would eventually die. You know, mm. they only last for many years.
1: Yeah, it's, so. it, and, and again, to those of us who don't get involved in this kind of uh, thing... The, the object is what? Is it self-sufficiency in, in some sort of fashion, Kevin?
10: Um, I think the idea of self-sufficiency is kind of actually out of the window now um, and because that's why we're, we are a community. Everything we do is based on community. We, we understand the, the depth and importance of having community. You know, we, we can't all know everything and we can't all do everything, but when we're all together, there's somebody who can. So we kind of... Um, it's it's to encourage people. And we've actually, before we do the seed share, we're, we're launching the Best Food You Will Ever Grow and Eat Club to actually, we've got so many seeds now that we can actually teach people to grow what it is that they like to eat. And, um, you know, especially a lot of um, parents now are interested because of their children. They want yes. good food for yeah. their children. And, and unfortunately, what we've done is we haven't, we haven't paid farmers the proper price for the food that they're producing. And so what happens is that Farmers get out of it, so now we're, we're, there's less than 100 vegetable producers in Ireland. So and, and th- you that know, is, and, and when that you is push d- them, disgraceful,
1: th- isn't it? It really, really is.
10: Well, this is the way things slip out of our consciousness without us knowing that if we're not even involved in it slightly, we don't know where our food comes from. Food comes from. At the moment, um, in the summertime, we're mainly fed from Holland, and in the winter, we're fed from um, the South of Spain. And you know, with um, the, the the kind of uh, heat domes they had around the Mediterranean last
2: year, mm,
1: yeah. this
10: is why, if you look at um, olive oil, it's gone through the roof, price of it. So. Uh,
1: but it's it's only because of economics that we're not producing our own here, is it? it? Because it's just not 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 feasible for farmers to to produce our own food here. Is that the way it is? Uh,
10: well, no. It's it's the hidden hand of the marketplace. Is you know it's... Demanding things off of farmers, and and also our society is, you know, most youngsters that kind of I talk to, you know, they want to be uh, YouTube influencers and things like that. It's it's not seen as a a vital thing for Mm -hmm. us any longer. We think, oh, we can get it at the supermarket. Mm -hmm. Until we go to the supermarket and it's not there, you know, we 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 need to kind of at least have an awareness if we're not even growing it ourselves. And and there's great joy in you know actually putting a little seed in the ground and then Mm. four or five months later picking fruit off of it or whatever, especially with kids. You know, children love the whole thing. It's magical for children to
1: see that, isn't it? It really is.
10: It is, but, you know, we have to do our best. And and, and, um, we have a thing in the seed-saving community is we keep going. We've been going for 20,000 years. You know, we're not a new thing. And, um, And so this is what we do. We get excited this time of the year because... The, the spring is coming and you know we know in north to Pereira, you not to get too excited because there's going to be frost coming as well but yes. um yeah i mean and science is moving along all the time and um, what we've been looking for is this thing called nutrient density so that we're eating foods that give us all of the nutrients that we want not just you know spare carbohydrates and things so yeah. we look at a lot of that last year we did a a big grow-out of loads of different types of lettuces, looking at, um, you know, red lettuces and things, because they have anthracinans which are are good for us to eat as well.
2: Have
1: we to be careful about what seeds we introduce into a locality? I remember doing a piece some time ago on uh, people going in and and buying packets of wildflower seeds, for example, and by doing so, they were introducing... um, uh, plants and flowers that were outside of uh, the 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 area and were detrimental, indeed, to the area as well. Have, have we to be careful about uh, what seeds we grow?
10: Well, that's 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 the competition between imported foreign um, selections of wildflowers and the same kind of things here, which are actually indigenous. We're actually involved in agricultural biodiversity. So, I mean, you know, if we were to eat what was originally here in Ireland we wouldn't be eating much to be quite honest with you you know like um tomatoes peppers Mm, people are mad about avocados beans we did a big grow out on beans last year and especially runner beans because um this is a crop that's 7,000 years old and comes from Oaxaca in southern Mexico in the mountains there and um as we were a colonial country, we grew them as a green bean. We're at the And that's because the British were here. But they're the only people, one of the few only people in the world who actually grow it as a green bean. And we've started growing it as it was originally grown, as a, as a storage bean. And there's not a bean bigger than a, than a, than a runner bean, and they're absolutely gorgeous to eat. So.
1: It sounds great. If, if people haven't gotten involved in the likes of this before... Um, yeah. I mean, can can you do that pretty easily? Can you get involved?
10: We've been, yeah, well, we, we still have babies, and so, you know, seed saving is something that we all did. You know, you only have to go back four or five generations, and we were all involved in it. And what we want to do is actually create local varieties. So, you know, we have the um, a, a variety called the tipperary turnip, which grows really well in areas with uh, low boron because, with low boron, you normally get a, a big empty hole in the middle of the, of the suede or the, the turnip you're growing, but the tiferary turnip doesn't do that. It's been evolved and selected to actually grow here. So it, it's not hard. No, it's not at all. You put a seed in the ground and it grows. Now, the rest of it, learning how to do it in bigger and bigger amounts, You know, that's what we want to keep going, is the, is the conversation and have discussions about um, food and where it comes from, and what we like to eat, and what we can eat, because we, we're kind of becoming more aware of adaptability. We've, we've always adapted, mm. you know, we've always adapted, but we need to be adapting into the future and, and making sure that we can produce local foods in case the price of oil goes up and everything's transported around, or that we just can't get food.
1: Where, where do you stand on looking after the growth of the seeds then in terms of sprays and fertilisers and the like? What, what's, what's your view on that?
10: Well, everything has its role and its time, but the science is moving on now, and what we're looking at is adapting our varieties and creating enough diversity so you, know, you don't just get one cabbage that looks like it's been photocopied they now know that what's happened there is we're, we're creating problems because we're losing genetic characteristics that might not be able to allow us to adapt into a changing future. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's easy to do. Anyone can do it. And, in fact, um, you know, the corporations and things that have been running the seeds, they can't do what we do. They can't cut a squash open and taste mm-hmm. each squash and then save the seeds from the best squash. They would just put, save the seeds from all the squash.
1: It's very interesting. It's so it, it's about half past one or two o'clock, is it on on, on Sunday?
10: Yeah, we uh, for the the launch of the best food you will ever grow and eat club is eleven thirty, and then I'm doing a bit of a talk at one thirty, and then the seed chair is on from two to five.
1: Yes, and this is yeah. in in the eco village itself, isn't it? In the poly
10: yeah yeah i mean it, it's funny because the eco village is more a facilitator the yes. rest of us don't actually live in the eco village there's maybe two or three people, but the rest of us are from actually around and and in the the village of Clough Jordan itself so yeah the, i mean we've a, we've still got a, a massive um store of knowledge in our elder members in our communities that you know we have to access that and spread it and send that down into the future through our children so they're our seeds as well. The children are our seeds.
1: Very good. I know that you're anxious that those people are bringing along seeds. If possible, you would like them to document the seeds in some way, wouldn't you? You'd like to...
10: And Well, if people are bringing in seeds, it's great if they just put down who they are and when they grew them so mm-hmm. that we can... You know, if, if we grow them out and uh, something happens, they, they don't come true to, to the form or whatever, we, can, we know where they came from. And also... You know the seeds. Some seeds, like parsnips, they only last one year. The seeds, you know. So if you've got parsnips from somebody and they're five years old, it's more likely that the seeds aren't going to be viable any longer. All
1: right, very interesting indeed. Is there a cost on Sunday for people to come along?
10: No, no. This is this is our community. We we don't do this for money. Any of us. We we do it because we think it's the right thing, and we just want to spend. You know, send it back down through the into the future from the past.
2: Yeah.
1: Anyway, well, it was lovely to yeah. talk to you and most interesting, Kevin. And thank you for your time today. We wish you well for Sunday. Thank you.
2: Thank
10: you, Fran. See you next year.
1: Thank you. Look thank forward you. to it, Kevin. Bye bye to you now. Yeah, That's uh, care, Kevin Dudley there, uh, facilitating that uh, session and uh, that talk on this coming Sunday. And of course, the seed chair then between 2 and 5 p.m. in lovely Clock Jordan. It's uh, 10.33 right now,
5: and uh, we'll take a break back in just a moment. If it matters to you, it matters to us. Call TIP today on 1 800 938 007. TIP FM's TIP Today with Fran Curry.
0: In association with Slattery's of Pecan, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecan, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie.
5: Join the conversation in Tipperary. Contact us through Facebook, Twitter or email tiptoday at tipfm.com. Now, we spoke to Barbara
1: this morning about uh, dog attacks and uh, Barbara told us about how she was attacked by her own dog. We had a huge reaction uh, to that call and Anna joins me now. Anna, good morning to you.
11: Good morning, Fran. How are
1: you? I'm very well, Anna, but I made reference to your message to us just uh, a little while ago. Would you tell me what happened to you? You were nine years of age, is that right?
11: I was nine at the time, and uh, we went out to visit a relative, and they had the dog only a few weeks, but it was a grown-up dog. And um, I was on my own, and I went out, and around the corner I saw the dog standing there, and I just rubbed it on the head. And I then sat off a few minutes later, because I was attacked, and realised that all my dress was just all blood, and um, my face felt very hot at the time. And that's when I screamed because I realised it was blood. And my dad came out and picked me up and um, realised I had been mauled by the dog. My um, oh
1: God. And it was a Labrador, yeah. Anna. I mean, we, would, Labrador, we yeah. would think Labradors are the most docile of dogs, you know?
12: Yeah,
11: yeah. Um, and all I did was rub him on the head. And I could still see the teeth kind of coming at my face. It was just... He kind of had paw on my face and he got me just under the eye. Um, you could actually see the bone in my face from my oh nose my. across. Um, I ended up, I couldn't get surgery till that evening because obviously I was butler. back then you used to have a big Sunday dinner and we had just had dinner so they operated and um, I got 20 stitches there. Um, I'd been told Around your it eye, was, Anna? Yeah, yeah. My God. My God. So I was told if he had went for my throat, I would have died that day, you know. So I was lucky, I suppose. But obviously, as years went on, your face changed shape and all the rest, and uh, I had to get plastic surgery then to fix the rest.
1: So Thank God. And w- would you still know that you were mauled, if you know what I mean? Have you still the signs Most people
11: would say, unless they're really lucky, they, the the age you know, I suppose makeup is great for covering it up, but I would... As I get older, I do notice the scar is still there yet from my eye down to the bottom of my nose. And I have a scar across my nose as well from it. So,
1: oh, um, God, yeah. The, the, I, the trauma of that. But what I don't understand, because, you know, people often traumatized by dogs. They could never, they have a great fear of dogs after that. But you mm-hmm. you have dogs now, haven't you? Yeah,
11: now? I actually have five dogs myself now. Five dogs? And, wow. Yeah. So um, I suppose I faced my fear, but I would, if I saw a dog getting aggressive, I would be like, oh my God, I think i just freeze. Um, but I suppose you have to pick up on mannerisms of dogs though as well. And some things that I wouldn't have been aware of then, I would be aware of now, you know. So like the ears back, um, tongue licking and the stiff tail and all that kind of thing. So you kind of have, you kind of... I'm more aware, and I've raised all my kids with dogs, and I would be aware not to leave them on their own with them and all the rest. And yet, to be you know play with them, but I supervise and all the rest, you know.
1: Yeah, and and again, I mean, you know, we associate vicious dogs as being Rottweilers or Alsatians or Pitbulls or, mm-hmm. or or whatever. But again, we probably would leave a Labrador around kids without even thinking about it because.
11: But if you look up about dogs, Labradors are one of the dogs that bite an awful lot. Are they? I, yeah.
2: I
1: didn't know. You mm. see, we're, we're, some of us are ignorant of this as well, Anna, you know?
11: Yeah. I don't think I think socialising from a young age is so you know, Bringing your dog into as much situations. And see how they react in the situation. You know, little things like putting your hand in their bowl when they're small, so they're not food aggressive or aggressive over their tie being taken or anything like that. You know, and I think that takes time and patience and all the rest. But I think it's important to do that, and especially when you have kids around, yeah. um, them as well. You know,
1: and and obviously you're careful if you think a dog is becoming aggressive. But you, obviously you can be around dogs. I mean, and
11: yeah, yeah and it can just turn, especially with age, they could be sores, like I me, mean, they can't tell you, so you just don't know. I mean, with that dog, they say, I don't know. My uh, relative had got that as an older dog, and I don't know why that dog was given away, had something happened to it, and they had got rid of it, um, and didn't realise it would do that. So I was told afterwards that I had snapped at another cousin two weeks previous, so... Um, right,
1: so it had shown yeah, form in some way. Yeah, I was what yeah. happened to the dog Anna?
11: The dog went missing for a few days and they finally caught up it and the dog was put down.
1: Right but after attacking you the dog went went Run. off.
2: Yeah. Wow. Yeah.
1: So um, I, I, at some level the dog knew what yeah. it had done.
11: Yeah, exactly. It knew it had done something bad and uh, it was very bad of the you know, a lot of blood. I remember seeing myself for the first time in the hospital and you know when you look in the mirror and you think you see somebody else and it's not yourself um, that was the biggest fright I got because I hadn't seen myself and then when I saw myself in the mirror I went oh my god <laughs> you know I was very shocked.
1: My god I, t- I tell you well it, and and when you heard us talk about it did it bring the memories back to you Anna?
11: It did yeah it just brought me back to, to that day. It's just something that stays with you and you don't forget um, you know yeah. It's a big thing in your life and you have to, you have a lot of things growing up Then, with that on your face and having to deal with what comes with that as well, I suppose. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's been tough, but like, I still love dogs. like people, not everybody's bad, not every dog is bad. I love my dog. I have a home, Jesus, you know, but I will be wary.
1: Yeah, Ali looked up, uh, you you were talking to us there about Labradors and uh, Ali looked it up for me and seemingly it's true, Labradors are the most common breed reported to bite. Now it could be because they're a very common breed of household pets anyway, yeah. but, but still it just goes to show you, we assume certain dogs are docile and friendly and stuff, but they're dogs after all, you know?
11: Yeah, exactly, yeah. So, yeah. you have to be
1: careful and wary at the same time, you know. Well, it's a cautionary tale for sure. Anna, thank you so much for coming on with me today. Thank you. No bother at all. And look after thank yourself. You. Uh, thanks very much, dear. That's uh, Anna's story. Now, I mentioned earlier on the text we got in from Geraldine inquiring about the disability badge and uh, what was happening in UHL, that uh, it appeared that they wanted uh, uh, people with uh, disability badges to pay for their parking. Uh, she joins me now. Good morning to you, Geraldine.
12: Morning, Fran. How are you?
1: Uh, good to talk to you. What, what happened, Geraldine? What What can you tell me?
12: Um, a friend of mine phoned me last night and she was going visiting her neighbour in Limerick and the lady in Limerick told her that she'd have to pay for her free par- or parking. She has a disability badge. And um, she just let me know because I have one as well. Yes. So um, apparently they can charge in private car parks and hospitals, airports, shopping centres. If they notice, if, if the notice is up, like I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, I, I didn't know that. I, what what is the norm? I mean, if you have a disability badge, you generally don't pay for parking. Is it is that it, Geraldine?
12: You can you can park in a designated area on the street. Yes. In other words, a uh, disabled parking space, and you can park in all local authority parking areas free of charge, unless otherwise stated. Mm. Um unlimited duration of parking unless otherwise stated so maybe people can park all day in these spaces and uh, they can park an accessible base in accessible bays in private car parks as well but there may be a charging charge parking fees in private car parks example hospitals airports shopping centers etc now i used the airport in dublin last year with their badge and yes there was a parking charge which was only half the price of what the full charge would have been. They allowed them. Um, they allowed for the wheelchair yes. badge.
1: Yeah, so there was a concession yeah. of, of, of some kind to
12: Geraldine. Exactly. And in Tesco car parks, I just checked up on a day before it came on. If you produce your badge to the Tesco checkout, they will give you a doctor, and you go back there once they see what it is, you can go back out and park in their spaces. So you know, there's a lot of yeah. And of how did you feel? Yes,
1: how did you feel? And how did your friend feel yesterday when you you heard this news?
12: Well, I felt like that. You know, we pay thirty five euro every two years. It's not it's not a it's not a big amount of money.
2: Yeah. But
12: again, if you're going into a disabled park, you're not going to be as active or as quick to get to place. It could take you a half an hour to get to the ward that you're going to number one. And you're you know what I mean, if you're there for an hour or two hours which doesn't which goes fairly quickly, and then it's another half hour back. So like you're two hours in the car park and they say it's around twelve I don't know what the price is now in every Car Park for so that it's around twelve euro or something. They said for any sort of a yes. stay in a hospital yeah. car park. I yeah. think, I'm not sure of that.
1: Yeah, well, I I just know it's very expensive indeed. Uh, Would you hang on with me for a moment, Geraldine? Because we we probably have some good news for you. I'm delighted to be joined by my old friend Dr. Connor Reedy of the Midwest Hospital Campaign. Connor, good morning to you.
13: Good morning, friend, and good morning, Geraldine. You
1: were telling me, Connor, that this was highlighted by Councillor Jamie Morris, and there was a bit of a, a a reversal on this. Oh,
13: there was there was a rapid reversal. Um, so we we actually found out in the Midwest hospital campaign in Nina Needs at Day and Lee. Actually, we found out about this on the 9th of February. Uh, So that far back, we Mm. were sent uh, an image from, a blurry image which we couldn't publish because it was poor enough, but um, of signage that had gone up uh, somewhere on the UHL hospital campus um, stating policy that Geraldine's after talking to you about that was about to come into effect next week mm. and um, so we couldn't do anything about it because we didn't have strong enough evidence because as you know Fran in the campaign we only try to, we only really, we are evidence based and yes, we only talk about stuff that's based on evidence we can look at and, and put our hands on so yeah um, Thankfully, earlier this week, uh, our, our colleague in the campaign, councillor Shamie Morris, uh, he came across. He found a better image, and he found better um, signage for us and uh, for 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 the, for the public. Mm. He put it out there. We put it out there, and I think it was what day is today? Today's Friday. I think it was Wednesday, and um, that we, we the campaign shared it. Shammy shared it by there was outrage. I mean, there was real outrage, and you've heard it there from Geraldine from and many others. We were outraged, and so by, the by, by, I think it was Wednesday evening, the UHL group announced that the signage was, and I quote, erected in error, and there are no plans uh, to introduce such parking charges at e- this
1: time. Erected in error?
13: It's a new one. It's a new one oh now, to be honest with you. Oh, <laughs> so, uh, my So, I mean, that is the good news, but it's also quite a remarkable and absolutely just... I, I, we, we had no words. We had no words that they would... First of all, number one, that they would try something like this because it's just reprehensible. And number two, that they would try it at this particular time, at this time in the in the history of that yeah. hospital when things are so poor at emergency course, department kind Of because levels.
1: people, through no fault of their own, waiting around for hours and hours and hours, you know? Yeah,
13: we've a- all done this, Fran. There's nobody listening to this right now, I guarantee you, that hasn't been hit by heavy yeah. hospital charges. And in many cases, they are people with disability badges or they, maybe that, have, that that actually have long-term illnesses but don't have disability badges you know because that happens sometimes as well and they spend a lot of time at hospital just by virtue of um their condition and so um they, you know they pay exorbitant hospital charges and that's not just in in uhl it's all over the country so um the fact that they would do this it's it, uh, the, the reaction we got on the campaign was how low can any organization but, but think but not, that? Not do only this? that,
1: Conor, but how removed from public opinion, and how how removed? Like I, <laughs> I know, I know, it I beggars know. Beggars believe, yeah. and, and this sign that was supposed to be erected in in error. What exactly did it say, Conor? Oh,
13: it, it just said, and I think it said in both Irish and English. It, it basically, the, the policy, as as outlined, that from the nineteenth of. Uh, February. February yes. I don't have it in front of me now. Yeah. But from the nineteenth of February, um, uh, charges would be implemented or introduced for uh, holders of the disabled parking. Oh, right. So, uh, so you would. Or whatever.
1: I mean, yeah. Okay, we can't doubt what they're, they're telling us. It was erected in error, but you'd find it hard to understand how something like that could be put up in error, wouldn't you?
8: Um.
13: You know, it's a case of, uh, my father used to say, tell that to the dog and he'd bite you, <laughs> since we were talking about dogs. Do you know what I mean? So so somebody wrote out the sign in error. Somebody put up the sign in, in error. error. It's yes. been existing since at least the 9th of February in yes.
1: error. But in it, it was only when Jamie Morris publicised it, all of a sudden, oh, whoops, Ab- whoops, absolutely. look at what we did. Yeah. And
13: we never saw such a reversal, because by the end of that day, Fran, by the end of that day, um... It, it, it was reversed and the erected in error slogan came out so uh your guess is as good as mine but yeah, yeah, it's, yeah it's it is what it is so at least we're the bearer of some better news this morning and uh usually in the midwest hospital campaign and nina needs the A and we were more concerned with what happens inside the hospital of but course, uh, yeah. this came our way and we couldn't ignore it you know yeah, absolutely so, Journey, yeah. does that
1: make you feel a bit better to hear that
12: it is, and it's mainly for a lot of uh, disabled badge holders to know, to be aware of this thing happening. Yes. Or that what can happen, just because you're in a disabled space doesn't mean it's going to be free. At least there should be signage up to let you know you have to pay maybe a minimum sum for the day or something like that if you're going into a hospital.
1: Yes, but, but you know? cl- clarity of some kind is is necessary. Clarity of
12: some kind. Yes, yes. It's, either free, it's either free or as you have to make a partial payment. But people should be aware of that, or they should be signage up for that. That's my opinion.
2: Sorry. All right,
1: Shirley. Well, thank you for 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 that, Connor. In terms of the, I, I see the the trolleys, uh, the the numbers. They're they're no better, Connor. They're still there. And
8: uh, no,
13: no. I mean, uh, we. <laughs> as i said to you previously we we had a the, uh, we had a, a march back in um protest march back in february uh 2020 right before covid and we were looking at 96 as having been the high number um now we look at back we look back at 96 with nostalgia uh, you know uh, as if to say god <laughs> were they ever that low because it's it's up in the the 110 the six. it was 116 a few times this week um you know, you're, you, obviously we saw the the headline figure of 150 last week. Uh, it's just not shifting. It's just not moving now. We have a change of management at the very top at UHL of CEO yes. um, for now. And uh, the CEO has gone on uh, extended leave as of Wednesday of this week. Um, that's something we called for. But on the other hand, we don't want to see that person thrown under the bus either because there's a lot of change needs to happen and it's not just at management level. It starts at management level, yes, but it, you know there's there's accountability, there's a broad swathe of accountability here Fran and it's, it's political as well as as, as administrative as far of course as uh,
1: Shami yeah. has actually sent me um, a, a photograph of the sign informing people with the disability the uh, badges but uh, do you know we were talking about the Irish language earlier on and yeah. sadly a lot of us can't speak Irish but the the sign is dominated by, by information Gaelga. <laughs> and, and even that in itself like is going to uh,
2: you know uh, You no.
13: just wonder, don't you? I mean the 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 tinfoil hat wearer in all of us would say, Is that is that in error now? Is that in error or is that in because you're right, sadly for rightly or wrongly and it's very unfortunate most of us probably couldn't read that sign, the Irish version of it. Yes. And so uh, you just have to be cynical at this stage, at these people. And say, And, and the Irish, you No,
1: know. it might be the angle the photograph is taken, but it appears that the Irish language version of the information is in a bigger font. Well,
13: <laughs> yeah, well there you go. There you go. I mean, so that's, that, uh, it, again, it, I often say about, about the HSE and the UL Hospitals Group, um, you know, their, their connection with the lived reality of people, whether it's those on trolleys or it's those having to read signage and that signage in a language that unfortunately, while it is supposedly our first language, it unfortunately is not one that most of us can read fluently, you know? And so... You'd have to, you'd just have to look at that with a very cynical hat and say that's intentional
1: as well. You know, I would. It's interesting. there's a couple of other things that really bother me. I mean, I love the Irish language, I love everything yeah. that got to do with Irish culture, but a couple of things really I don't understand. For instance, the information about um, uh, cancer checks, where bowel cancer was concerned, for instance, recently, advertising on a lot of the radio stations was again Askelga. Now, sh- yeah, surely. If you want to get to the largest amount of people and inform them about services available to check for cancer, would you not put it in the language that most people speak, you
13: know? Well and, and the important the thing about that, Farn, what you say there is messaging is super important. Yeah. The messaging is super important. And the way in which the message is transmitted is super important. Yes, it's laudable that we do our best to introduce our, our native language anywhere we see it. And I get a for every now and again, and I try to say a, a couple of yeah, I don't have fact. many. Yeah. Do you know, just just yeah. uh, try and... And um, especially around this time of the year. But messages like that, they need to be loud, clear, easy to understand, and in front of everybody's eyes, including those who need to see them, and be very, very comprehensible. And um, unfortunately for the majority of Irish people, putting them in anything other than... Very, very basic Irish. The message yeah. is not going to get across. It's, and that's dangerous, by the way. That's it's, dangerous.
1: Um, anyway, um, I'm delighted to, to hear about the reversal of that. And maybe, maybe it's a sign of things to come, if you'll forgive the pun. I mean, maybe it's just that, are they beginning to listen to people? I, I well, don't... I hope so. But, but
13: that, as, as Jamie started that on, a think, as I say, I think it was Wednesday morning, he got that out there, and then we took up the, the mantle and uh between us um the as i say the the feedback was strong and very very Robust, and the anger was robust, oh. and um, they they reversed by the end of the day well, with their with their erected in error notice.
1: Well, well so. done to to uh, everybody involved there. Uh, Connor, thanks very much indeed for coming thanks on. Thanks for having us. me, Frank. Thank you. Thank you. Talk soon. Bye Thanks to Connor. Thanks to Councillor Jamie Morris as well for that, and indeed to lovely Geraldine too. All right then, uh, news and information's on the way.
5: Tip Today with Fran
6: Curry with Slattery's Garage Puck On. Your Peugeot car or van might benefit from a free software upgrade. For more information and to find out if this applies to your vehicle, call the lads in Slattery's Garage Puck On on 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie
1: Thanks, Pat, and uh, you're welcome back to Tip Today, to the final hour of uh, Tip Today. Now, lots coming in on the disability badge and indeed the ambiguity around some of the parking around uh, around the county as well in certain places. So I promise you we will go back to this and we will go back to it uh, probably on Monday next. A couple of things that I was asked to announce. Whistle This is happening at the Monks in Thurlis tonight. Now it's a great opportunity, as you know for um, singer-songwriters to have a platform. Because there's very few places when you think about it that um, you can hear original uh, music. Well, Whistle This once a month and uh, my good friend Tom Lyons there, of course, is the facilitator along with his lovely wife Nora. So tonight it's featuring James McGrath of this parish. We often have him on the programme here. Great singer-songwriter Tim V. Smith is there, Dara Hill and Alex Barnes and I presume Tom will do a few songs himself. So that's tonight. At the monks whistled this. I know the Dennehy family are appearing at Fitzpatrick's in Clanmore on this coming Sunday night, and they're telling me that there's a new dance um, beginning there um, starting next Wednesday and every Wednesday, and John Malloy is the guy there uh, who's organising that and uh, Andy Fury, I know, is appearing there next Wednesday night and I think uh, Olivia Douglas might be there as well. So it sounds like a great night out if you're to dancing. All right then, it's time for our Friday panel and I'm delighted to be joined in the studio by Mary Alice O'Connor, by Phil Prendergast, and by Joe Leahy and you're all extremely welcome and thanks, thanks for coming yes, in friend. to us Morning today, guys. Morning. Can we start with that business about the Irish language because on the back of what Ivan Yates said about the resources and the level of funding that we give to the Irish language um, is a time that we reassess the spending and how important is the Irish language now this came about from an interview on Virgin uh, TV where he was asked about uh, the Irish language, this is what he had to say:
3: "Ni <laughs> begum <laughs> I couldn't be asked to learn Irish, and I'm sorry about it if you're offended. And all this money, we put, all this money we put into it, and there's only 16,000 people in the country speak it naturally. So I'm not I, against
0: it. I know every 40 seconds a native language dies. <laughs> so okay. what? I mean, isn't that Rest such a peace. sad thought? No, absolutely gonna, not. So not. So I don't thrown. accept it."
1: All right, Mary Alice, can I start with you where this is concerned? The Irish language, uh, he's questioning the resources put into it. He's making the point maybe they could be better spent at something else. Discuss, please.
14: <laughs> <laughs> I, no, I like um, Ivan Yeats, but I thought that remark was rather flippant. It sounds mm-hmm. flippant. Was he trying to raise the issue or was he just making a throwaway remark? No,
1: I think, I understand that he was there to talk about podcasting. Yeah. They were speaking to the girl of the Shogas about the Irish language and yes. he, he was asked a question uh, okay. about it. Okay, yeah. F- well, fair enough.
14: Yeah. Um, I think the Irish language is part of our culture um, and an important one at that. Um, you know, our language, something that. If, mm. if we were forbidden. To, if we were it? forbidden to speak it, we'd all want to speak it, wouldn't we? Yeah. Now how it's funded I suppose is another matter entirely. I think um it's always had a bad press and a bad thing because of its compulsory, mm. you know, you had to do it. I think um if you look at the Gale Skull and what they've achieved and the proliferation of Gale Skull and the promotion of it that way, mm. I think um, if it was me, I would not make it a compulsory subject in schools. I would, I would encourage it through girls' School and places like that, where people might choose to yes. to, to have it as an. And language. do you think
1: that would be more effective in terms of I, revival of it? Or
14: well, it, it, look, it's not wor- what's what's been going on hasn't worked really, has mm. it? Um, I don't know. I suppose. When we're asked in the census, can we speak Irish, we might say yes. And and by that, and I include myself here, uh, we'd have a couple of vocal, but we wouldn't have enough to carry on a conversation. Mm. I, wa- I once did a very short interview with uh, Thomas O'Mannine. <laughs> I said to him, make this quick. I'm not <laughs> I'm not able to expand. Don't yes. ask me to expand. Well, there,
1: there's a the thing, and most of us would have spent what up to 14 years learning it, a- and we'd struggle to.
14: Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. But uh, you know, um, I think the argument or the the comment seems to me to be more about what Ivan Yates said and the other guy shaking hands with him, mm. and.
1: Brian Darling, isn't it? Brian yeah, Darling, yeah. yes, yes. He and burst we, out of his chair to shake hands yeah, with him. and have we got him, to yeah. the
14: point where anybody that says anything has to be, it has to be analysed, it has to be commented on? Social media gobbles up all this stuff. You mm. know, I saw a comment in the uh, or a piece uh, in the Independent yesterday making that very point mm-hmm. that it became about what Ivan Yates, the fact that Ivan Yates made the remark that he hmm. wanted to have a discussion about it rather than the Irish language and its place in the
1: Right. Uh, yeah. Phil, I'm wondering what you think about this.
15: Well, Fran, I did an awful thing one time, right? Did you? I was Only the... One. You know one. the mics are the aliv- the the... live now, <laughs> yeah. Phil, don't you? I, I was the um, representative, the union representative for the Irish Nurses and Midwives Organisation and TG Carr came to the hospital because there was an issue about the amount of beds and bed closures and all this hoo-ha was going on and your man said um, we can only give you 15 seconds because you're doing it in English and I can be arranged that so I can do it in Irish um, how long do we get then? He said a full minute and I said great right?" I said right out there what do you want me to say pinned it to his chest <laughs> and outside on top of the hill with all my hair and moustaches blowing in the wind I you're just ready. gave the most perfect rendition of Irish I personally am very poor because I really do think before ADHD was a thing, I had it right. for certain because I know I did. But I co- I had no attention span. I can read Irish perfectly well. My children, thank God, are brilliant. Luke can converse completely freely Isn't that great? at great length in yeah. Irish and it's no bother to but him. But did
1: he go to the girls' school?
15: No, he no. didn't, oh, okay. and and it was it, it was with him. He did go to Irish College every summer because right. I felt the Gaelic School came at a time when they ha- were already settled in primary yes, school. Of yeah. But I think the Gaelic School, and as Alice has said, it has been one of the best yes. facilitators of people being comfortable with mm. Irish. Our generation, unfortunately, mm. were not comfortable. Yes. And,
1: and and to th- to do an Ivan Yates on this, is there not? A question, though, over Gael's School in terms of becoming a little bit elite?
15: No, you see, Fran, I think there's a a, a certain element of, oh, the Gael's School or this, that. that. Those kids go in, they're so comfortable in their skin about everything because to them... Irish is not a pain in the butt like yes. it was for us. Yeah. Mm. it's a comfortable feeling. It's they're they're taking they're taking the exclusivity out of it, if you like, and they're making it available to all people and all cultures, by the way, because mm. there's there's lots of of, of uh, multi-denominational children are going to those schools now, and they're not phased by it. People come to this country that were German or whatever they will learn Irish Mm. and the Irish can't learn Irish and I speak about myself here. Of course. I'd be pointless.
1: Isn't part of that the fact that we speak English, which... It Makes us lazy because the universally you can speak English. Most places you go and you get away with well, it.
15: Well, I so can speak know. Irish if I was in, in Lanzarote. To, to <laughs> After the, a few to pints. A, to a degree. Do you know what I mean? Mightn't be the best Irish. It might be a bit pidgin time, at times, but I could manage one like it. Yeah.
1: Joe, what are, what are you making of Mr. Yates? Um, now, I have to put it out there as well, not that I'm a cynic or anything, but he is promoting his latest podcast mm-hmm. uh, sort of thing as well. So he's back in the headlines again. Yeah, is,
3: well, there you go. I suppose, you know.
1: Win-win for What even.
3: better reason to, to look for the headlines? It was ironic, you know what I mean, when you look back, that he was CEO of Celtic Bookmakers, you know. Those things, uh, there's <laughs> yes. a, bit, a bit of irony in an awful lot of things that go on, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Um Yeah. No, I totally disagree with him. Like, maybe it's just one of these flippant remarks that's already been said. I disagree with him. I think, you know, we have to keep our native tongue, you know. And it's, it's you know, it's it's... It's nice there every year, you know, when the All-Irelands come about, you know, and you see the winning captain going up and all he might have to say is, you know, Tala, Naha, Sorum. And that's all yes. he says, and then he blasts it. But that still is nice. We should mm. keep it, and we should spend a few bob on it, and I, have, I think we should be proud of it. I really, I really really do. There's an awful lot more money being spent on other things that has wasted on a hell of a lot more mm. than, the, than yeah. the money that's going into the Irish so language. Y- you don't have any problem with it. I, I did make a
1: point earlier on, and it's sort of a bit of a bone of contention with me. If you, if you take the HSE, we're giving um, out information about services for, for mm. cancer checks and stuff. Yeah. Why would they have done quite a lot of that advertising off-scale? Because it automatically... It means that an awful lot of people don't know what the hell it's about, you know, Which is it, uh, something but it, so important.
3: But you see, isn't this, isn't this what we do every time? I see the latest ad there now has gone out about this you know, the referendum coming up in a couple yeah. of weeks time. Yeah. and tis in Irish and tis in English, and tis, uh, and we're obliged to all that, because we won't make any changes we won't turn around and we haven't as I keep saying, you know, we just need the gumption to, I could use another yes. word, but we need the gumption yeah. to go out there and say, hold on let's change a bit of this you know, and if you want it in Irish, it's there. And you will see some of the some of the departments that you ring up there now, if you have to ring them up, you know, they'll say, you know, if you want to talk in Irish press one, if you want to talk in English, press two or vice versa, you know. And you will get on those but those some of those those broadcasts that come out there, you know, and that it's in Irish and it's in English. That's mm. we're crazy. If
1: stuff you put up
14: that. any public signage, you must translate it into Irish and have the two versions. On the sign, you know, if you're...
1: Well, that's, that's very good uh, yeah. that you brought that up because yeah. we were talking about the uh, disability badges yes. in, in hospitals yeah. and they were changing tack in UHL and they wanted to charge people for about 24 hours and mm. then they kind of reversed back in. Mm. But Shamie Morris sent me a picture of the sign mm. and you're right, it's, it's dominated by the Irish language yes. in bigger font than it is the English. Now, again, if you're trying to inform people... Yeah. You have to inform as many people as you can.
14: Well, I think Joe is right that we haven't the Lee roadie to make firm decisions about anything. And we pander to whatever, you know, whatever. And if somebody who is a zealot about Irish and convinced he's a great goer and nothing else will do, then we're afraid of offending him, are we? You know, I mean, is is there a bit of that going on? And as an MEP, isn't there a whole lot
1: of money being spent on... Um, tra- you know, transferring a whole load of what's happening just, in the in, yep, in so EU into Irish just just. For Ab- the sake
15: of absolutely it. and there's a whole um so for instance the the, the parliament a lot of the time it's operating you're operating on committees yes. but when you're in the plenary session you're in the 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 big amphitheater mm-hmm. and if you want to speak make a 1 minute speech and it's 1 minute they cut the mic after 1 minute and um if you want to make a 1 minute speech and you're doing it in Oscuelga, you have to get the, the person there to, to do translate. the translating for you into every language. So it's, you know oh what I mean, there's... God. In a minute? Yeah. In one minute, yeah. So how many people have... have so well, been? I don't know how many they have employed, but I know that those people that do the translations um, get very, very, very well paid. But, like, you could be doing your one-minute speech, Fran, at half twelve at night.
1: Now, we all love the Irish language, but
15: is that that ridiculous? Oh, no, it is, there's, it's, it's, it's so crazy. stupid mm. because you're talking about a multicultural, multilingual society and you're taking an aspect of it and because it's our culture and because it's the right thing, we, we, we it's like taking the sledgehammer to crack the nut. It's, it's too much. Why would you put the Irish writing bigger than the English writing? Surely there yeah. should be some degree of equality. <laughs> and if now we have... X amount of our population that are Polish or Latvian or whatever yeah, they yeah. might be should we not have little bits to, to um, pander to all of them as well where does it stop getting ridiculous I, I, where I don't does know, but it the, stop? if you
1: take the road signage when when there's road works going on right. <laughs> like you come around the bend and the first thing you see is the Irish language telling you to stop and then underneath it says stop so <laughs> like it's just these kind of things bother me greatly. Well, because I, I'm not I, sure what it does for the language.
15: I, you see, again, I don't know what it does for the language. All I do know that there has been initiatives down through the years. And when I was a member of the Oireachtas, I went to Irish lessons and I loved going to mm. the Irish lessons. And it was really, it was conversational Irish. So it wasn't, you weren't doing all these yokes and fadas and things. Mm. You, were yes. <laughs> you were doing real stuff. The I did, the look I really liked doing those class because I then was of an age where I could understand why this would be necessary at times. And when I was mayor of Clonmel, obviously you have to do some of, of your course, speeches. Yeah. And if you're going to the Irish yes. Mass and you're having all of that, you have to give your reading, Os And I can remember having to record it, this is how old I am, on a tape recorder <laughs> and then tear off around Marlefield Lake listening to it over and over and over again till I had that word for word and I could then recite what that, that, yeah. um, but there are
3: funny things as Phil said about memories, you know. In my former driver, I remember, you know, like years and years ago, you know, you stopped, you've up the hand in your garden, you stop this guy coming on, you know, and he's the hard man, you know, and the chest out, you know, and you say, <laughs> you know, how are you doing? What's the name at hall?" all? And he'd say, to you, you know, Seamus O'Regan, <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, say, he's you say, challenging you just
3: say, yeah, Codostic, and he the name goes out there. Uh, the address goes out then in English. You know yeah. I mean? <laughs> well, tell me about that, Joe? And
1: I was going to ask you about that anyway because that was a requirement, was it not? The Irish language was, as part of being a guard oh, back it then. Was, it was a requirement. Yeah, you had to. You had to And what about now when we're encouraging multicultural?
3: I, I can't answer that. No, I right. really don't know. But I doubt if it's. I, I, I honestly don't know. Right. Uh-huh. And I don't know if, if is it. Um, I, I do know, like, right, still, if you're in an Irish-speaking area, we'll say, like, you know, if you're maybe stationed in the Iron Islands or yes. maybe in, in Ring or somewhere like that, you know, or in the Donegal, Gaeltacht, then it would be only natural that you would have to have Irish, you know. Yes. So I would imagine that there's some sort of proficiency test for that the, when you go there, you know. But,
1: and, yeah.
14: and I gather that a lot of young people are getting exemptions and their parents are looking for exemptions from... Um,
1: Studying Irish from studying Irish yeah. for
14: a variety of reasons, which apparently has become quite ludicrous at this stage. Yeah. a lot and
15: Irish, and for now, I can remember a case where where I went to secondary school and the teacher was Blahine was her name, right? But Blahine I was from the Gaeltacht, and Gorev became. Go row. Oh yes! and yes. I had no idea that there was a sea change in how different dialects happen in dialects. different parts yes. of the country. Yeah. Yeah. So she came in and she started and she poked the head off you with her rings. You know, she was a rip, really. When I think of it, um, <laughs> poor Blaheen and Blaheen yeah. Dunleavy. But anyway, we won't tell her name to anyone. We won't. But it was very difficult because I didn't realise there was different dialects and mm. I didn't understand it and nobody said to us this is how you pronounce things in different parts of the country. That over in Connacht it might be different than it is up in Ulster or down in Kerry.
14: And do you know that you can actually get a grant to go to the Iron Islands and study for your secondary school education? No, I
2: didn't A friend
14: of mine, um, young man um, called Luke is there currently and he started last um September you know right so he's there for the 5 years and you get a a government grant
1: to now, s- to stay there and to yes, study there yes you
14: live with the ban on tea you come home every second week and and obviously for the holidays and that and you you do your secondary school education um True through right. Irish yes I, I bet a lot of people don't
1: know I, that. I certainly didn't know that. Aye. A lovely story about a, a broadcaster on a certain local radio station that shall remain <laughs> nameless, but he was interviewing Michal Amur yes. and he practised for a week to yes. get his introduction to Michal Yes. He did that, but what he didn't figure on was that Michal then thought he could converse in Irish and, and he <laughs> came back at him. And there was total silence, <laughs> <laughs> including the lovely, the lovely um, uh, thing of... Well, yeah. <laughs> and uh, thanks for that. Sorry, just, on. Just yeah. So you can I, get I, cut I, out, can't I you? I do
14: love that um, the president and and the Taoiseach, most um, of the Taoiseach, can speak in Irish on the occasions and yes. deliver it. Yeah. I think that's important. I think that's a cultural thing. And also from what I can gather with the whale skull that they do, um, you know More than just the Irish language, around the music and perhaps songs and that kind of thing, that is our culture. It's important that Mm. we have a feeling, you know.
1: All right. So, in general, then, we're thinking Mr. Yates's comments were sort of. Off the wall. <laughs> I was going to try and be a little more
15: <laughs> yeah. I think they were just flippant kind. and it got him attention. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. we're discussing yeah. it here on a radio station in a regional centre. Yeah. And it's getting yeah. as much airtime as if, you know, he was after getting up and saying this every single day. And, yeah. I doubt, so, I,
3: and I'd say, with all due respect, sorry, Phil, if Wexford were to win the All Ireland, you know, he'd be probably the first one to be singing on the and
1: yeah. He'd be the first one
3: to be <laughs> doing oh, the bull. He probably would you know. indeed. All right, we'll take a break. It's
1: uh, 23 past 11. Back in just a moment. Uh, you're very welcome back to our Friday panel. And Phil Pernagast is with us, Joe Leahy and Mary Alice O'Connor. Uh, moving on to RTE, again dominating headlines everywhere this week. RTE's Director General Kevin Backhurst told the Roxas Media Committee this week that former Chief Financial Officer Brido Keefe was paid €450,000 as part of a controversial exit package. He also uh, came to the defence of RTE's Director of Human Resources, Eamor Cusack, after she was accused of not doing her job when she did not flag the exit package with other management figures at the broadcaster. So it does beg the questions, I suppose, about future funding for RTE and what's to happen at RTE and all of that. Joe, can I start with you where this is concerned? 450000 of an exit uh, package. It emerged today. There's nothing in writing about this. It was an oral um, uh, decision and agreement
3: that was made. What are, what are you making of this? An absolute disgrace, Fran. I, I, and, and even, and I would go further than that, Fran. You know, I'm getting a bit sick of listening to this, Kevin Backhurst. He's on 250000 a year, yeah. which is five grand a week in anyone's language, and he's coming out like I uh, now and he's saying, I heard it there yesterday, now how true this is or not, I don't know but you read it in the media, that he said uh, yesterday, you know, that he now has to check with his uh, legal people should he have announced this or yes. how. Now imagine a mm-hmm. person 250,000 checking out after the event would yeah. you not think that he'd have checked it because before? It was he asked said. It was asked about Mr. Coveney's package as well, when, 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 when and when he, he left, was asked yeah. about uh, about um, that lady's package, oh, uh, Bridget mm. O'Keefe's. Why on earth, like, would he not check that, like, before he said it? Would you not think, if you're on that kind of money, with all these people available, that you'd say, "Is it okay to say this? Is it okay to say that?" There was controversy all along for months whether the amount should be released or whether it shouldn't be released. That's that. But number two, that's number one. Number two. The public are sick to death to listen to this. This has gone on and on and on, and it is committee after committee after committee, and people are in. I listen, talk to people there like, and it, 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 we're getting nowhere. All we're being told like now is that the, we were being told there a couple of months ago like that if the the revenue if it is going to be paid would be picked up by by RT. So that means then that is, if you think about that, that's a done deal. Mm-hmm. They've accepted that the revenue if there's a revenue. Uh, owed, that that's going to be picked up there. So that means that the whole 450 is a done deal already. And that's only one of them. What about all the rest of them that's yeah. there as well? And what but, about well the ones that we haven't yeah. heard It's of? emerged today,
1: I think it was the Indo, that says uh, 2.6 million that's in right. golden handshakes yeah. under the direction of, of D Forbes during yeah. her time. Who,
15: yeah. who now is too ill
1: to to come to before account. any any of you, yeah. But you see
3: isn't isn't yeah. isn't this the same thing? Like you know, I, I refer to a lot of these things. You know, like all the mistakes they were making in the country and the different things and I'll still go back. Uh, I'll go back like, to the stardust, and I've said it several times. The stardust is it's a real example, and this is the very same way. Play for time. Mm. If you yeah. play for time and you play for time, what's the next thing will happen now in the next couple of weeks, couple of months, like, there's fellas out canvassing males and females canvass the local elections, the next that will take over, the next will have a general election, and the next the RTU will become a thing of the past. Yeah. The money will have been paid over. People will be sick to death to talking about it. It will be swept under the carpet, and that will be the end of it. That's the truth what will happen. Phil, what about future funding of RTE? Do you
1: think some version of the licence needs to be in place or should it be funded directly from the Exchequer?
15: You You see, Fran, it's a difficult one to add because you can be populist and say it should be funded from the Exchequer and that's a a, a notion that's been flagged at the moment and I can understand why.
1: It's from Féin, you mean? mean, Yeah.
15: yeah. Hmm. But what I do think very, very strongly is if you think of the layering that goes on within the RTE campus itself and the expensive site that it occupies you have people there that are doing this grunt work and you know exactly what I mean by that they're preparing Mm -hmm. scripts, they're researching they're up at all hours of the day and night they have to react to events they have to react, uh, uh, react to people passing away, they have to react to so many things for very little money very little money and contracts that get broken before they can become a thing Mm. where they seem to have obligations to pay further or to give them rises or whatever. So what we have now in RTE is total and absolute chaos because there's so many people peed off with what the high earners were able to command and get the status far, and also by having very popular programmes where they were seen as being the lead and the charge. Does anybody miss any presenter now when we have new people doing the the job and they're doing it exquisitely? Yeah. So, I mean... I think at some point they're going to have to think of a different way of getting money from people, the public, that are funding these monoliths where they have this kind of money payouts for, for and
1: people. And, you know, as a former politician, they come up with this thing all the time, Phil, about public service broadcasting, as if that they are the epitome of public service broadcasting and that no other broadcaster does public service broadcasting, which I always... I, I get a bit annoyed about that, to be honest with you. I, I
15: don't blame you for that one whit, I just think that the kind of fees that were being paid to these people, our salaries, or whatever you like to call it, remuneration, uh, remuneration, it, it 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 was appalling what was being paid, and it, at the end of the day, it is us that are funding it.
2: Mm-hmm.
15: So I mean, it's it's I can see why people do not want to pay their TV license. But
1: do you think, for, from the the point of view of the future, then? Do you think the TV license is still relevant in some way? Because people are just refusing to pay it now. But it's like like,
15: who thought up the concept that if you have a um, a radio or you whatever, you have to have this license for it. That it's a very outdated model. Mm. I mean if they want to fund something, find a better way of doing it. But I mean we're we're being taxed on everything now, Fran. Yeah. There's there you're taxed on bottles. If you don't bring back the bottles you lose the extra money you had to pay in the supermarket. Everything has gone up by seven percent and eight percent. The the health insurances are going mm. up by large chunks and sometimes three and four times a year. Yeah. There seems mm. to be it's yeah. like a runaway train in terms of outgoings that people now have to pay, the 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 charges for collecting your refuse—they've gone up this week. There's there's and subtle, it's all
1: accumulating. All and, uh, but,
15: but you're, you're you're not getting increased pay to cope with that or whatever. Well,
1: that's that's for sure. Mary Alice, what what about you on this future yeah. funding of? I mean, and how it's funded, or you know, because of course already they have, um, you know. Probably the lion's share of commercial advertising in the country as Absolute, well. Absolutely,
14: absolutely. Yeah. I think it's a disgrace. It um, people are totally disillusioned with RTE, with with kind of institutions, as I would call them. That they would they would have had faith in. I mean, I paid my television license all my life. Mm. You had to find that hundred and sixty euros yeah. or whatever it was, and then you've you're you're faced with the prospect that somebody can. Uh, exit, it's a great word, isn't it? An exit strategy and walk off with 450,000. I mean, mm. you know, any of us sitting around the table here, what are we going to walk off with? Very yeah, little. And
1: they're saying you know? there's nothing illegal about it, and I can't yeah, question yeah, that if that is yeah. the. But if you take where Mr Covening was concerned, for example, he resigned. My understanding is he resigned.
14: now if I resigned, would appear so,
1: if yeah. If I resigned yeah. from here,
2: yeah.
1: they're certainly not going to say, listen, before you go, we want to give you a few hundred thousand euros <laughs> to see you on your way.
14: Yeah. See, that's, that's yeah, This yeah. is the real world. For well, God's it's sake. it comes back, I think, to corporate governance, and there's there's yeah, yeah. very little corporate governance, not alone in RT, but you go down into communities. Even people do not understand, or they choose not to, mm. to know how you run your committee, how you run. I'm I'm only taking that as an example. Yes. How you run something at, at a town level, mm. and, a,
1: and how responsible you are. Yes, fact, absolutely.
14: And yeah. you know, I mean, if If I apply for a grant for something, I have to spend that money in accordance with what I applied for. Mm. I can't decide, well, you know what, I think I'll spend it on something else over there. People, Mm. so like, it's from the bottom up and from the top Mm. down. And And people out there in the public look at this and they're completely... Disillusioned,
1: And does this play into what you're saying, that, OK, we'll have all of these conversations, but really at the end of yeah. the day, it'll all be said, look, that's dealt with now, let's look to the future.
3: Yeah. Uh, spot on. And, uh, and that is what happens. You know, the old story, what do we do? We play for time here. No no, nobody will out. go to jail. They'll be no, no down the clock oh, yeah,
15: yeah. yeah.
3: And, and when you look back on it, like when you look at it, you know, it's, it's, it's absolutely shameful. When you see that there was no necessity for a written uh, agreement in place, you know to get For get for that much money. When you see in the past number of years, and it's a good few years now, that we've had massive issues with charities and CEOs yes. and golden yes. handshakes, and oh. we can't name any specifically because there's oh. court cases and rumblings and all that kind, but they've been out there in the public realm everywhere. And we had all those going on, so it wasn't that these, these issues weren't flagged, and yet in all, you have this public broadcaster funded by the, the ordinary people of the state, and you, you can say, and the government. But where did the government get the money? Only from the tax of the ordinary people from the, from the state as well. So it's the same money, only paid in a different uh, system, and they are now getting all their money, and they can decide. Oh, we can hand Joe $450,000. fifty thousand. Don't sign that, and Joe, stay quiet about that. Off you go. Good luck now, and thanks. And it's very va- vague as to why.
1: It was some business idea that she had before she left that she gave to them, and it was worth. Yeah, know. but how
3: do you, but how do you quantify that? Like, or where's the where where are you, the parallels?
1: In the uh, apparently,
14: she, apparently, she suggested that if she were to exit, that. Um, the Kovney guy could do her job on his own. Yeah, Isn't there was that some,
1: some. I'm not quite sure of the detail yeah. of it, but seemingly that didn't work out. Whatever she, no, no, advocated, it did No, and out,
14: as well so. as that, apparently um, when the the Forbes wouldn't return, you know, um, to to face any erectus mm. committee. Well, she's she's then,
1: unwell, by the way. Yeah.
14: Of, okay. Yeah. yeah mm. Fair enough. But like, this woman apparently thought she was doing something good, and she decided that she would appear. Mm. And then it emerged that she'd got the 450000 I mean, half a million quid. Nice one if you can get it as well. It's a
1: lot of money, that's for sure. To move on, on uh, Monday, 18-year-old North Tipperary student, Josh, he told me about how a man in his local shop tried to hold him up and rob him at Knife Point. Now, look at him. The man got distracted and Josh ran away unharmed. but he was left very, very uh, traumatised by this. And I'm just wondering about crime rates and the like, and it seems that we're hearing more stories like this. Phil, I mean, when you hear the likes of that, I mean, like you can't help but be extremely worried that we all have young people out there going into shops, going into pubs, and here was, in the middle of the day, uh, a young lad w- was held up at knife point.
15: Yeah, I think it's awful, um, Fran. What's, what seems to be happening is the the filters that are, are, are the constraints that people would operate under before seem to have been dissipated with and I, I wonder about the amount there's a there's a lot of I think drug related activity yes. and people under maybe the influence of substances or, or otherwise um and it seems to either relax them to such an extent that they think they're invincible but they're visiting harm and they're visiting high ends of stress on people that are are working in even in rural areas or mm. you know yeah, going this into was a, a rural village yeah. yeah you're going into a place and you could have somebody fairly elderly or even young and healthy and hale and hearty but to be held at knife pointers it must be extraordinarily uh, frightening
2: yeah
15: absolutely frightening and I, and I think there's a I I don't know if they and Joe will probably help out here. I don't know if our system of punishment by way of somebody visiting that kind of a torment on a community is sufficient yes. a deterrent because it seems as if the whole process, the legal process it's a bit torturous it's a bit you know it can take a length of time before somebody comes and is held to account um and that it leaves that person still free to go out there and harm again.
14: There's very few. There's very few yeah. sanctions. It would appear. I mean, the jails are all full. Um, it takes for ages, like you said, to get to the court. Um, what are you going to do with them? Mm-hmm. You know, some young fella, and and it's happening. You know, p- places have been broken into, and. They don't care about CCTV um, cameras or anything. They'll wear hoodies and a mask maybe or something like that. They actually yeah. don't care. And it's like we all wring our hands and say, that is terrible. And, of course, it would be awful um, to to be held at knife point. I mean, you know, my, we, we had a break-in some years ago, and not in the house, but in yeah. the garage. And I never felt the same level of safety again. Are you serious? Again. Wow. And mm-hmm. that's 20 years ago, and I can still recall coming home finding everything gone lawnmower, chainsaw, the whole sheboodle. And you never feel the same level, and I'm very security conscious as a result.
1: Since, since that, that, yeah. Joe, yeah. well, what Josh told me it was a Stanley knife, in fact, was, was the weapon right. that was used. You, you come at this from a couple of different angles, I guess, with, with your experience in, in the jail, yes. and indeed with your security experience of being a former guard as well. So I
3: wonder, what, what do you make of that? Yes I think uh, you know um as Phyllis said there at the very start, said the whole the whole thing has changed. Every, every the population like has increased dramatically. Number mm-hmm. one, like right, and right across all public sectors, like you know, like we hear hospitals, you know, ten times a day every day, and you go along and you hear, you know, the prisons are the same way. Like I'm in the visiting committee at the Midlands prison, and there's our limit there for uh, our capacity. Full capacity is 875. Yet the last time I was there, you know, a few days ago, there was 964. Or something so we're totally overpopulated mm-hmm. and what that means like inside in a, it's a male prison so inside in a two man cell there's a third there's a mattress put on the ground there's a third prison put down the ground like so they're being there but the the reality of that then is that there's uh, to contain the numbers and all that there's a lot of people that quick release mm-hmm. then, yeah. you know they're out before their, their their sentences Joe gets five years he's out after two and a half depending on what he does you know and all that type of thing so th- all that has taken place the other side of the kind there's another thing then going out there. And some of the bigger shops now around the place, you know, some of the multi the, the, the multi stores there if you know if Joe goes in and rubs a bottle of vodka or a bottle of whiskey or something you know they won't take him to court now because it looks bad for their image you know what I mean that their for their advertising it looks bad for their image so that means then Joe's getting away with it the other thing is happening then I think that is where we need to change the whole system it has to be tackled at at young at underage you know you when you're talking about sporting parlance here you're talking about get people involved at underage the same thing has to be done with crime we need to get tackled this at underage I. I see people there like every day of the week that they should be in school. They're not in school at all. They're going around on this, that and the other thing. They're not, no mention of school. And I don't see anything happening about it. I also see people then like when they come, we'll say the 21 years of age or something, and there's this list of convictions, you know. You're a person with 130 convictions, which is commonplace now, like. So what's the deterrent? Mm. We needed the deterrent the first time you're ever caught with anything. Let you be seven or eight or nine or six or 14 or whatever you are. Something has to happen you then to take you out of that crime spire. Because if you don't, there's only one way you're going. Drugs is the same thing. I've said it here on the show to you like before. I see drugs, like I see people taking their own lives because they owe money for drugs. Like, what's going on? As Phyllis said, like, you know, people are taking drugs. They have clue what they're taking. They have clue. They have no idea of the reaction their body is going to take to what they take. They demand money. They just want money. They don't care who they rob it of. who they see are the consequences for that person. They don't care. They just want money. Because Take their, it.
15: their need for their drugs. Because
3: mm-hmm. their need for drugs. They have to
1: it get their fix. Away
15: any, any fright.
1: Yeah, yeah and uh, do you know the other thing? Josh, the, the, the young dad in question, he was also part of our youth panel that we had on Wednesday, and I found it rather interesting when speaking about the upcoming referendums, for example and we were asking how people will vote, I was shocked to hear from them. They didn't know anything about... Now, these were smart kids Mm -hmm. in third level. They didn't know anything about the referendum. They had no idea how they were going to vote. Josh was trying to register to vote and failed to do so because it all became so complex, he just gave up on it. Would it shock you, Phil, to know that youngsters like that, smart youngsters... Um, they haven't a clue about politics. They
15: no, they haven't. And frankly, I, engaging, have, I have to say the way the advertisements on TV about using your voice to vote, and and the ads are so beyond ridiculous that they there's there's a confusion about what what is the message here? A woman sitting in a hairdresser's and some other one lepping up to say do a shave cut and do a curl and give her blue tips and do all the rest of it. Uh, as if this represents some form of a reality. Like, if they want young people to be engaged, it's going to actually mean that people that know what they're talking about need to go into schools and educate those young people about how important their voice can be. Like, the whole idea that you'd have to say to it, we never missed a vote from the time we were eligible to vote. We were told, remember, God rest my dad, don't ever... Don't yes. ever misuse. An, absolutely, it was hard fought and for. Yes. particularly, uh, and I'm saying it now as a woman, it doesn't matter anymore. You can be whatever you like. But I remember him saying, "Don't ever miss an opportunity to have your voice heard." And my mother would be the same. Yes. And it's it's absolutely mm. imperative that young people realise that decisions that are taken, you must li- listen to all sides
14: yes. of a story. And uh, you I, know, I'm and not a bit surprised, Fran. I, are you, I you not? I was why just why going to ask you were you surprised? No, because I um, mean, I young people, say eighteen, twenty-five, or whatever, and I go older than that. They're not looking at RT. They're mm. not looking at mm. to. Um, the Tonight Show. They're not looking at prime time. They looking don't at low violence of the air yes, it. Yes, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> they're on their phones. They're looking at something else. I know people who only get their information from. Facebook
1: or whatever. but th- But that's what I asked them. Yeah. I-, I said, if the government were trying to engage with you, what must they do? Um, and yeah. like you say, yeah. they need to be on TikTok. Yes. They need to be on yes. well, Snapchat. Snapchat w- yeah. Whatever the platforms are that will yeah. get to these people. They need bite size. um information, because that's what they're used to getting. They're not big reams of stuff and Yeah,
14: but compl- does that, I mean, when you say bite size, you know, that's dominant down. I hate that. Well, well I hate well, that. But, but that's, how, that's but I mean, how they consume I know, their, their I know,
5: information. I know. They, they
15: trying, say well, now if a TikTok is lasting longer than two minutes, you've you know. lost them you after gone. 30 seconds. Are you serious? After oh 30 my God. seconds. Oh, yeah. But, but, that's the attention span. But well, can I
3: not just say something? How is, this, how is it in this day and age that we can change something around? How is it like in this day and age Everyone that comes in, to have a PPS number. you got a PPS number. Yes. Why in the name of God can't we issue votes Then tell these people that have a PPS number? How simple would that be? How simple would that Why do we have to go through this rigmarole that you must mm-hmm. register and you must do this, you must do that? We have a PPS number. Every person yeah. then should yeah. have a vote. Once on you that. turn 18. Once you turn 18, you have that. you get your, your... To send out to everybody in the audience, you get your ballot paper, you go. In. Then go through the system, you know, that you must have your ballot paper to register and you must do all that. By all means, do that bit. Yes. But why not give out... It, why is all this rigmarole about registering to vote? Like? Yeah.
15: Because they're going to cite GDPR.
3: But but why on earth can't everybody get... Uh, when you get a PPS number, then you should be automatically getting a vote as well. It should be all given Agreed, out
15: No, agree totally. yes. I agree totally. I agree totally with
3: that. Yeah. But at at this point, and again as
1: a former politician, if you don't mind me saying, how do you get to these people now, to these young people now? And I don't just mean these referendums. I mean in general, in, general. in terms of them being part of the decision-making process.
15: For. It's going to be part of the media that they look at. So it is the TikToks. It is the Snapchats. It is the short, snappy listen just use your vote, yeah. but
14: even it's at that, Phil, are they actually engaged anywhere?
15: You know, probably not, because, because they, they won't know the big picture at us. Well, no, do you,
1: but do they, you know the other thing that yeah. that broke my heart to hear? Yes. All three of them said, "Inevitably,
3: we'll be leaving this country," and Gosh. I found that so sad. Yeah.
2: Yeah. You know,
3: but you see, what's one? A lot of the things you see, Fran, that we're not addressing, like you know, until back to the crime or it's back to everything else as well. The same thing applies, like with young people. Young people, like, are fantastic to volunteer if you hit the nail on the head with what it is.
2: Mm.
3: You know, you see, for example, like, you know, different things. You know, if there's a fundraiser for somebody in the locality that, you know, passes away or whatever else, a young person especially, Mm. there's a massive turnout of young people and they all, you know, they do their stuff. But then, are young people, like, getting engaged in volunteering? They probably are in rural Ireland, in different parts of rural Ireland, you know, Mm. but in a lot of the towns and the cities, they're not involved in any kind of volunteering at all. They've nothing to do because they don't know it because that boat has sailed. Volunteering is another is another yes. thing that's becoming under. Mm. If you look at, say, the yeah. Tidy Towns, you know, which is a, a fantastic organisation throughout the country.
14: Look at the age profile, Joe. Look yeah. at
3: the age profile. Yeah. And and this is all happening. This is a major disconnect yeah. that's happening that's out to taking place in Ireland. A huge disconnect, you know. Mm. Can I move on to that
1: news that broke this week that the government uh, has made the decision to house international protection applicants in a hotel in Drogheda, a very important hotel, seemingly right in the middle of the town where tourism is concerned. But much like what happened in Racket Hall in Rosgrave, it appears that there was no information or consultation indeed with the community. So you'd wonder, have they learnt anything? Um, Can I start with you on that, Mary Alice? Um, It seems like it's mirroring uh, what happened in Rosgrave, that there was information, if this is happening... Um, but no consultation about it
14: happening. No, no, I don't think there's going to be by the look of it. I yeah. think that is the stance that the government seems to have taken. I know when Simon Coveney was in Tipperary very recently, your reporter and another reporter put that very question don't, to him. Donald, yes. And he was talking about, um, you know, he was blathering in my opinion, about how, oh, yes, there needed to be more communication. The bottom line is, if you asked... I suppose, you know, if we're being honest here, if you ask the people of Drogheda if they wanted 500 people into the Mm. hotel, of course they'd say no. But imposing them and telling the the officials uh, or councillors or whoever like three days or a week beforehand is not a solution, obviously. Um, It has huge implications uh, for whole communities, for uh, the domino effect. I know they're saying that the Bar and the function room will be able to remain open. open, Yes. But the bottom line is, lads, if you don't have accommodation in a town, where are you going? You know, if you don't have any accommodation worth talking about for people who might have occasion to visit or be in that area, then everything is going to be affected by that. Um, I think the the government just aren't facing the reality that something's got to give. Mm. We've got to. We've got it.
1: We we see sort of, you know, maybe notions of that every so often that maybe they're changing tack in some way here. But here we have a community yeah. again, open arms. Again, yeah. there'll be protests. What what are you making of it, Phil?
15: Hey, I think it's really sad again yeah. that the a community that a facility within a town that has a pivotal role in in the tourist yeah. Yeah. industry and supplying, you know, venues and and a, a good business model that they were approached. They were offered and made an offer that they could not match by keeping the hotel as a going concern, and they're signed up for two years mm. that they will not be out of pocket for one single minute of the occupation, however long it may be
1: so how can you turn that down if you're a business person
15: yeah how can you yeah. and they uh, and I suppose the positive in this is that the the bar and the function room will remain. As a going concern, so people Mm. will still have access to it. Or so we're
14: told, Phil. That That is, but but we
15: we're never being told the full. Why? Why? When did it happen in this country, where? You were going to have 500 additional bodies coming in to be absorbed into the community, accepted, they're dealing with trauma from being in a warrant or they have occupations, they have a ready supply of money given by our government. There's a facility within it that takes something away from the people that have contributed all along in Rada to providing a service and, and really availing, using the facilities, paying for the facilities, fraternising in the, the mm. facilities. And suddenly that's all taken from them because they, the management of the hotel got an offer they could not refuse. And the need for these people... To yeah, be
1: housed. I, I was shocked, Joe, with a, a Finafal minister last night uh, saying, but sure, you know, there's beds available in other places around the county. Uh, well, I, I, I found that an incredible kick in the. Face to to local people because that's a town you probably know well that just getting back on its feet after drug feuding there and all yes. sorts of uh, oh, yeah, situations huge, there as well. But, you know?
3: but I think though, there's an often, I, I I said it to you know, about Ross and I'll say the same thing again here. It's it's communication. It's total lack of communication. If you don't have communication, like everything is in trouble. Like when the the management of that hotel like need they 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 need to look back and look at the people in the area that supported them through thick and thin. Mm-hmm. Right. But the the,
14: but, the people. That
3: have the hotel in Drogheda, Joe they bought it recently
14: yeah hmm. so they, they have, no loyalty. have no loyalty, no, no loyalty no, well
3: fine bit, but no, no loyalty but then there no. is but they're the business, business people they're business but people yeah. Yeah. and let, let's call that reality here like yeah. and I'll take up on Pilspine I stayed last Sunday night in a hotel in Dublin right and at 7.30pm there was four people in the bar wow yeah. Yeah. there was none of those drinking in, alcohol in Dublin in Dublin there was no people drinking alcohol of any kind and that was €129 Euro for the cost of Joe to stay in the hotel. Right. So that will just show you how, how you're going to pay the mortgage, how you're going to pay So this? if you get an so, offer... And if you get an offer, or if the offer is out, there, that you can go chasing the offer. Yeah. You yes, know, I remember yes. like years ago, you remember years ago, they're probably still at it. You know, the tourists all came in from America and they were bussed to Bunratty and mm. Blarney and yeah. here and to there, and they went around. And what was it? Full occupancy for two nights and whatever else. Mm. This is the very same thing and as Phyllis said, if you get that, the, the you know, you'll take it. Of course you'll take it if your building is going to be paid for. Wouldn't you take it if mm. your Margaret was paid for? Of course you would. But, the, but that's all fine. But then what's going to happen when this is over? Mm. When this is over? What I think people are, look, are overlooking here, you know, we had a touch of it. You know, how near to a recession are we? How near to a big recession are we? How near are we? When pe- look at, a, we, we were talking about the amount of cars on the road. Why are there so many cars on the road? Because people can't afford to stay over mm. in different places. They literally yes. can't. Yes. So my big fear of a lot of this is whatever bit of... Um, you know, tourism that we have around the country, that we won't be able to stay where we want to stay.
1: Yes. Or as you say, if there is a major recession,
3: I mean in the past we've relied on tourism to get us out of... Big time. Yeah, you Big, know. Time. Mm. Big time. Big uh, time. And yeah. as, as a result of that, like we had all these, you know, uh, you know, these Airbnbs and all these yeah. things, they all arrived mm-hmm. as, on the mm-hmm. back of that. What happens now when you go to book into a place? Like I was, I'd been going up the country in, in March and I tried to book a place there last week. no we're not and the, the 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 correct answer that you get is we're not open to the public. Mm. Right. Like, but what happens later on then when these people go? You know, when these people like because they will go eventually mm. wherever they go to but they will go yes. time moves on. Or, or the government they they're building big correct big places
2: where look, they can the hold large
14: large now, numbers I mean, of people. It, students are travelling by train or whatever method, they're commuting to Cork and Limerick University I mean in my time my girls went and stayed on site. Um, It's the same if you're going to a concert in Dublin I mean I've in-laws who go from Tralee up to Dublin and get back again they won't, they can't afford to stay. No, they can't. But yeah. well, yeah. equally, I mean, if you say Miley Cyrus is coming to Dublin, yeah.
15: and immediately the hotels will put up their charges yeah. from a 130 per night up to 530 yeah. Yeah. per night, and yeah. then they'll offer people shoeboxes to sleep in.
3: Yeah, yeah. Well, a, a hotel manager told me recently that they review their prices three times a day. Yeah. A day, a day, yeah. three times a day, depending For, depending for on future demand. events, for, like, for, like, any, event, for even any event, even tonight, depending oh, even on th- if they you know, if they only have two rooms, it's left done, yeah. price goes up. If there's I no mean. one there, then the price goes down.
1: All right, most not, interesting as always. Thanks to Phil and to Joe and to Mary. Excellent panel as uh, as always. Uh, thanks very much indeed. That's it uh, for me. Ali produced. Stephen's on the way with the time tunnel, and I will talk to you on Monday. Look after yourselves. Bye bye.